Hello, and welcome to Ready for Nintendo. It is September 17th, 2020, and definitely nothing happened last week. There's no way that everything went completely to shit, and I broke the episode. This is episode 691. I'm joined today by Mr. Greg Leahy. Ahoy, ahoy, everyone. Welcome back. Yep, good to be back. Although, Not I mean, that the audience noticed you're missing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, how do we know? We missed you. It's it's choose your own reality these days, isn't it? So let's just say it's true. Six ninety was a great episode, and if you don't believe me, then you must um be fake news. I'm also joined by Mr. John Lindeman. Uh, it's great to be here, James. Six ninety or six ninety one, it doesn't matter. This is the place to be. Mr. Fake News himself, John Lindeman, and last but not least, Mr. Guillaume Vayette. Hello, hello. Uh, we uh. We joke about it every week that we have our introductory segment where we talk about Nintendo's announcement videos coming from the sky, and here we are yet again. It's We've been doing these for so many weeks in a row now, we've looped back around to the next monthly partner direct. It's, it's, um, look, here, it's just gonna keep happening. Yeah, here we are. It's just gonna keep happening. You all just like, we're not getting directs, and I'm like, no, we're getting too many directs. So, uh, this, this was another partner direct, and they, Came right off the hop with the Monster Hunters. Double double barrel Monster Hunter action. Um, I'm going to turn it over to our resident uh, Monster Hunter expert to talk about Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, yeah, so Monster Hunter Rise. I mean, I just watched the trailer. I didn't have time to actually see it this morning. But yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, you can, the the as Greg described it, the Palamute bomb was dropped. It was. Uh, it's, it's, the, the Palico was just not, yeah. it's not enough. Mm-hmm. You need yeah. the Palamute. Yeah, once you, once you see it, you can't unsee it. So I just like the fact, I'm curious to see, it didn't really go into this in the trailer, but how they'll sort of, how they'll tackle the world map with this mount. Yeah. And getting so, around was, and all of that. In Japan, they had a whole separate like Monster Hunter Direct video mm-hmm. of like 16 minutes or so. So I'm assuming oh my God. that, yeah, in, in that video. They also had this virtually the same um, partner direct you know, sort of video right. for the Japanese market with some differences, like games you know, that we've had for a while getting localized or stuff like that. But it, it was mostly the same, but then they just had this dedicated monster hunter video to kind of presumably expound on on some of these things but uh yeah maybe yeah. it was just too like heavy to localize yeah or something i don't yeah, know yeah there's one of those up in in english on youtube as well that's just for monster hunter just for the monster hunter games and uh i didn't see anything in particular about the overworld map i'll have to go back and watch it again um when i, I have uh... a little more time i so I, i'll admit i knew the monster hunter stuff was coming Mm-hmm. Um, it had it had kind of leaked earlier, um, but when I saw the dog, um, my immediate thought was it looked like the dog from Scott. Uh, no, Scott, she's from um, Tales of Vesperia, mm-hmm. and I got re- I got really hype, and then remembered that game's already on Switch, and then realized <laughs> it was Monster Hunter, and got really sad, and then yeah. I was like, oh no, this is fine, everything's good. Also, uh, I mean, the, just... it, the original Monster Hunter games on Switch are just such an inevitability. It's kind yeah. of amazing that it is going to be, what, uh, four years virtually that the system I... would have been on the market uh, before I mean... it gets a, uh, a an original Monster Hunter game, really, because, I mean, this is Switch, as well as it's been doing everywhere, has been doing extraordinarily well in Japan 
absolutely yeah. owns the software charts over there. Uh, so, I mean, as, as, as great a step for the series as Bot Stop the World was in terms of reaching the Western markets and all that, you don't, they're never going to ignore their bread and butter with the Japanese yeah. market when it comes to Monster yeah. Hunter. I always assumed the reason there wasn't a Monster Hunter more available, and I think it kind of it kind of meshes up with Capcom's Switch offerings, which we talked about for almost two years. Like, where the hell are they? Um, I think they were just so thoroughly burned out on Wii U, they just weren't really in position to to do much on Switch. And, and we saw it; they really didn't. I mean, it was really, I would say, when they started dropping Resident Evils, but even then, in a fairly um, unappealing packages. Yeah, pretty are, pretty late, and just kind of just just put your catalog on there, kind of stuff again, right. rather than you know original original content. But this is this well is far too. <laughs> kind yeah, of, now, well, now it's still, like they they still took less time to put it on Switch than they did making Monster Hunter World. Uh, I'm looking at this, and the the PlayStation Four came out in 2013, late 2013, and uh, World came out in 2018, so it took them five years. Oh um, yeah, but it, so it, it's relatively it's, quickly. I suppose you could look at it that way, but of course, I mean, PS4 has never sort of set the Japanese market on fire in the same way. Yeah. But uh, you know, but kind of Nintendo, especially portable or at least portable capable, kind of in the case of Switch hardware does, uh, and also it's I guess it's more about kind of like I said expanding where the series uh, can reach with world and, right. and and of course it was you know technically um something that they they had to go beyond you know the kind of comfortable space that they'd got used to being in with the series but um like i said this is more uh, presumably about just hitting their their core audience for monster hunter Right. Yeah, i wonder too if it's been in development for longer than you think it has because yeah, I mean, it looks like it's a whole new engine. It looks much better than um, Monster Hunter Generations. Which was um, the 3DS game, yeah, to be fair. Which was, yeah, exactly. And so it could very well be that there was some overlapping development. In other words, this was in development at the end of Generations. So, right. Yeah, maybe. Um, the it, it does seem, and this this is where I'm going to have to lean in on your expertise. Does it seem to be fairly traditional Monster hunter or does it look different? Uh, it seems traditional, um, but of course you do have the the you know you're able to like now scale kind of mountains. It seems it it kind of it continues that trend of more sort of verticality in the gameplay, mm-hmm. um, where you have the I don't know what what it's called. I didn't see it in the trailer, but the kind of grappling hook thing where you can now you know climb up um, climb up cliffs and sort of you know grappling hook across chasms and and stuff like that. Um, so it kind of continues in that sort of mold. Um, but, but it's just like, just like, you know, past entries with that type of gameplay, uh, you know, you're pretty much, you're kind of like going up onto a plateau and then fighting a monster up there. Whereas previously, way back in the day, it was just your, it was just all mainly one area. Now, what I'm curious to see is how seamlessly you move between areas this time around. Well, I think that's, uh, I think, uh, I just saw something on Twitter, but I, I don't think it's divided into, uh, areas anymore. Okay. Like you, you don't have, uh, uh, you know, frontiers between areas. Like you don't, yeah. So, so it's just one world, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. So it is, so it is kind of borrowing that from Monster Hunter World then, which is, which is cool. This yeah. is, this is March 26th, by the way. So it's coming out 
March of next year. It's the get. It's got to get out before the end of the fiscal right. year slot. Like just sliding in under the door. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, if, no, no pressure. Everything's subject to kind of revision with the you know with the pandemic and all that. But you have to think that fiscal that's a kind of harder deadline than just announcing a release date because clearly you are uh, in a very real sense banking on it padding your stats for that year yeah so the end of their fiscal year is what march 30th or march 31st probably yeah yeah so so but the good news is even if they slide they have a date so they can take pre-order money and that will count in this fiscal year yeah. Uh, so the, here, here's they have a website, and I'm I'm now working my way through it. Um, and it's not it's not super detailed. Uh, they call it, by the way, John. The the you were dead right to know that that thing was going to have a name. Um, the the grappling hook. It's called the wire bug. Um, uh, release yeah. the wire bug in any direction you want, and it'll pull you a special kind of silk. Um, <laughs> can also be combined with weapon attacks for combos. Um. It, they they describe it as let me get the let me get the exact wording they used here. I don't want to say open world if they didn't say it. They just free roaming action with open locales, allowing you to go wherever you want. So they didn't say open world. So mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's it's definitely not an open world game, but they would have just said it. Um, but it does sound like maybe it's more open. I guess. I mean, four four player co op. I mean, we could. Everybody could get in. We could, uh, you know, do our hunts. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I know that it's not would, everybody's how, bag. How how much of a disaster are we talking? Yeah, like how much do you want to play with uh, three noobs? I think we could. I, I played Monster Hunter Generations for like over a hundred hours. I yeah, I mean, I yeah, yeah, do you remember I think we much you of a noob. it? A uh, hundred hours. Yes, you are. A it noob was. To the it's, I, I'm not going to say I'm an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I did enjoy it and have some familiarity with the game. As a result, it wasn't all in the menus or something. Yeah, I mean, I I'm just. I think we could craft ourselves into a polished killing machine. I think ended Great. up with some cool Strider-based uh, gear that they nice. had in that. That was pretty nice. Just to uh, get up there and just have a whale on it with that uh, sort of yellow blade thing. Very nice. So there, I want. I have. I have something here that I really think the world needs to be aware of. Uh, John, are you on the website? I am right now. Yeah. Do, have you seen the the, the special editions? Uh oh, God. Um, I just got don't, to that. Don't. Oh damn it! Bo- I, I, I was gonna have you guess how many editions of this game there there are, but yeah, I'm just looking at the pre-order bonus layered armor for your Palamute and Palico. Oh yeah, my it makes god! Your, look at it makes look your Palamute this. look like a golden retriever. Oh uh, god! So Palamute retriever costume layer armor. This is ridiculous. A Palico forest cat costume layered armor. Oh my god! So what? <laughs> so, so there there are there are three editions of this game. There is the standard edition, which is if I mean, if you just want to buy the game, I guess. <laughs> Who does that these days? Um, then um, there's the digital, the the deluxe edition. Yeah, which is the digital version that you can buy online or pre-order. That gets you some extra clothes and hairstyles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then there's the collector's edition, and that comes with a monster hunter, all all the digital uh. stuff. 
the Magnamalo Amiibo, because there's Amiibo for this game. Yeah. Monster Hunter that's... icon stickers and an enamel pin. That Magnamalo Amiibo is pretty cool. So there are three. It's, there it's are three improbable combat for Amiibo, considering we've got it'll be right after the the cat Amiibo come out for yeah. 3D World plus Bowser's. They look flammable really fury good. or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bowser's hot action. No, wait, that's different. No, <laughs> don't Google that, kids. Um, so the, the Amiibo look really good. Uh, yeah. The the, uh, the Palamute one, I. Mm, that's 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 getting me in a certain kind of way that I'm like I really like that, and I don't like amiibo, but that just looks cool as shit. Yeah, that's um, some that's now, some now, cool ones for um, Monster Hunter Stories, the original they, they in did. Japan, didn't they? But the game came over the amiibo didn't, uh, as I, seem I think to so. Recall. Uh, speaking of which, um, there is another Monster Hunter game, Monster Hunter Stories Two. Uh, that is the sequel to Monster Hunter Stories, impl- as implied by the name. Uh, but uh, there, we'll get to that in one second. Also, there ominous a- subtitle "Wings of Ruin," which uh, "Wings of Ruin," which yeah, uh, on the evidence of uh, Advance Wars may end this particular spin-off series right where go. it stands because uh, Days of Ruin. <laughs> that was it. So, like, Portrait of Ruin didn't kill Castlevania. It got one more after that. <laughs> there you go. So, so the, unfortunately, the Amiibo, um, I just wanted to make the reference there because we'll get to it in a second. Uh, the Amiibo are going to be GameStop only, so they'll probably be in Chapter 11 before they come out. Um, but, I, I, you know, they're pretty cool looking. Uh, Japan, just like with Stories, is getting its own exclusive uh, bonus item uh, that we won't be able to get here, like a certain sailcloth blanket. Uh, and it is a Palamute plush that's actually pretty large. Like it covers your whole lap, and looks and looks pretty great. And I was gonna show it to John, but then saw it wasn't available in the U.S. and said, "Ah, damn it!" Because I don't, I don't think he yep. would have been able to say no to it. Probably not. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Um, all right, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna send you the yeah, image. Hit me, hit me with that. But is this like one of those uh, bonuses that look good? That looks good when it's the marketing thing, but then you receive it, and it's like. The uh, it's like the uh, the Marvel um, stones, like the the six eggs. That uh, I don't think anything's going to be as bad <laughs> as that, those Marvel was that stones. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom four. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Basically, like oh, you get the gems of power or whatever they're called. I cannot be bothered. Infinity and, stones. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, a pretty right. cool. That's a pretty cool looking plush. That's well, look pre- how- that's pretty <laughs> yeah. great. Like I was expecting something just real cheese ball looking or like kind of looking like a, no! like, a pin- like a pinata, but that's actually pretty friggin' cool. Yeah, it's big too. Like, there's a picture of a woman with it sitting, and it's just sprawled completely across her lap. <laughs> it's is pretty cool. I mean, yeah, yeah it, it probably isn't as good as it looks there, but it still looks pretty good. Um, we're not getting it, so yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, so remember, remember, all you scarf people, go riot in the streets. It's yeah. 55 centimeters long. It's it's time, James. I mean, this is it. This is when I take to the street, start setting things on fire. Plush or riot? That's the way it goes now. You know, its bo- its body is not including its tail is fifty five centimeters long. That's quite large. Mm-hmm. That is a very large plush animal. Yep. Um, but yeah, I I I I like Palamute. I like I like it very much. I don't know if this is going to get me into Monster Hunter, John. As you know, I did try that one time. Yep. Yep. You tried. 
Is that tr- um, was that, that you know, I hesitate to say it, but Troy itself. Yes, it was. It was Troy. I, um, I, I, I didn't, I got on okay with it, but just, it, it was old, portable was always going to be what was yeah. the real test. And yeah, when, by the time I got it on 3DS, it really clicked. So mm-hmm. Switch is, you know, perfect. Yeah. I, I, uh, so I guess we can move to the stories too, which is the the anime inspired spinoff. I, it seems to be targeting a slightly younger audience. Mm-hmm. Um, Rathalos are our friends. We have to save them, yeah. which is which I is incredibly a, off canon. <laughs> I got a chuckle out of that. I'm like, I'm sitting there watching the trailer. I'm thinking, what? The girl's gonna go up and pet the Rathalos? Like, come on, come on! You gotta kill those things. Like that Rathalos wouldn't just kill her like that in normal Monster Hunter. But I guess but it was, yeah, like, in, in the first jaded. one, like there was a kind of Arathalos was pretty prominently featured, like with the the protagonist had one as like a companion, and that was mm-hmm. one of the amoeba. I think was like he had one eye missing or something to kind of distinguish it from other Rathalos and all that kind of thing. So yeah, it's just picking up there. And there's an anime of Monster Hunter stories, isn't there? Like you know, in terms of the whole yeah, yeah. targeting yep. you know younger market, like yeah, trying to basically get them while they're younger, I guess. <laughs> With right. Hunters, uh, so I, it's I, get, I I don't know how ongoing that was, and I didn't actually like own the first game. I played the demo; it seemed quite promising, but I just never quite had the impetus to uh, actually purchase it. I think I think this might do it for me, though. Like it looks really good, not necessarily. I'm not judging the gameplay, but I mean, just visually, it looks yeah. really good. It does. Oh yeah. Uh, and and it's it's. Uh, I'm not a big crafting guy, which is what's always been the turn off for Monster Hunter. It's just like that the crafting systems aren't. In some games, I'll get way into them, but for mm-hmm. for whatever reason, Monster Hunter's approach to crafting just didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Which basically means don't don't play this game. It's yeah. It's I mean, its crafting system is pretty grindy and also um really rng right because right it's like you know that i think the big thing to get over is the fact that you have to especially if you're farming for a certain um like ingredient for a piece of gear or whatever um you can sit there and spend 20 minutes kill a monster and not get anything that you need right right for the rare drops and that is that is tough it's not even like i mean Generally, I mean, in, in every sort of MMO type game, you always have, you know, the concept of farming for rare drops of something, but it's usually not as, it's just mindless grinding. Like you sit there in one spot and kill a monster that is super easy to kill and you do it for an hour. But this right. is actually. You'll kill, you'll kill hundreds of them. Yes. And you might get one drop in that hour, but at least it doesn't really cost you any mind power or you don't have to really think about it it's just mindless you know clicking yeah, this a button is, this is definitely one of the reasons why it was i found it to be far more successful as a portable game in that that yeah. kind of experience is far more palatable when it's you know you've got a baseball game on in the background mm-hmm. I remember when i had uh generations it was a lot of nfl commercials if they were taking a bit of extra time under the hood reviewing something <laughs> it's like yeah I can, I can fit something in mm-hmm I yeah. uh, and, and I think that's the other thing that might appeal to me here is obviously if this game is targeting a slightly younger audience, they're going to be less inclined to just make it tedium. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get to it, you know. Um, so 
I'm, I'm, and look, I'm down for dumb anime bullshit, so fuck it. Let's go. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's your middle name. Yeah, James, it is. is that, dumb it anime is. bullshit Jones. Yep. So, <laughs> so, the best part is, I'm pretty sure John hasn't seen what I was tweeting about earlier today, so it's fine. Yeah, I haven't even checked Twitter today. Which is just like me realizing that I'm the most thing I was interested in is a dumb anime game that was announced completely outside the direct. Because <laughs> it looks incredibly stupid. Um, but yeah, I it it's uh, most of what they showed in the in the stories was just video content. Uh, so obviously we don't really know gameplay wise what we're dealing with. I mean, obviously I, I played the demo for stories as well. I kind of get it, but um. I don't know. It it looks cool, and I'm I'm interested. It doesn't have uh, it doesn't have um. Shoot, what was the name of the dogs? Palamutes. Yeah, it doesn't have palamutes, which is a problem. Yeah, the one <laughs> the one problem that I had with with what I saw in the trailer was I had a hard time reconciling again going back to you know the good guy Rathalos, but then right. they had an, an Anjanath in there, and he was the bad guy, and it's like um, come on, guys. I mean, maybe, maybe in Monster Hunter World, uh, Rathalos just smokes you. You can at least like run away from Anjanath. Yeah, I, I seem to recall when you and I played the demo, like that one just showed up while we were in the middle of a fight, and we got yeah. just destroyed. Yeah, it's like a T Rex style, but Rathalos. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah, Rathalos is just this like winged behemoth that just comes in and just wrecks you. How do so. you feel about the fact that this village of hunters is apparently trying to save the Rathalos? Yeah, I just I just kind of fundamentally have issues with that. I mean, Rathalos, they're made to be killed, not befriended. Do do pa- do palicos talk in Monster Hunter, John? Uh, n- no, they don't. Okay, so Again, it was like is, a this... special companion one in the first Monster Hunter stories, wasn't it? Again, like the, the, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling my side. eyes over here because it's like I guess everything's an exception in Monster Hunter stories. Yeah, it's like, exactly. none of the rules apply. Uh, this, is, whole... this is the world that got hit with the anime wand. It's fine. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fine. a sub series, so fine, you have something. You know. Again, I think there was an amiibo of that as well. This, but the the feline sidekick. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, like, there's a talking palico in the trailer, John, and uh, it's it's, well. it's saying it's saying mysterious shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I'm more inclined to give that one a chance than the other one, but but they both both the the announcing both at like at the same time was some goofy shit, and that one comes out in summer. It does also so, kind of feel like again they're making up for lost time in that yeah. you know I think uh, I think you, you feel as though I like said do the sort of Capcom being conspicuous by their absence in the early days of Switch just kind of suggests that they didn't do as much kind of exploratory work as they could have done to be ready for if Switch actually was a big deal right. and and then it, it was oh god yeah no, and like I said I think ideally you would not be arriving on. Switch uh, with uh, your first original Monster Hunter game four years in, but at the same time, it's uh, it, it does, the Switch is at a particularly kind of high point, and it's uh, you know it's not like you've missed the boat seemingly. No, it uh, conti- it had its the best selling console August ever of any console. It's like that's yeah. dumb, and that's it. There, that, right. that was in the American market, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Now, was a, that numbers or was it uh, money dollar amount. sales? Dollar, 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 I mean, that's. But, that's crazy, it still... though. It's not even... Yeah, I mean, it's not even... That's actually more impressive because it's less expensive than most other consoles in the past that have also sold gangbusters, right? I'm, I mean, August is a weird month, obviously. But yeah, uh, yeah. still, it was it was bizarre. Um, yeah. The the 
it's just the the dumping to I, mean, I think this might actually be Capcom's first original game on Switch. Like I, I think hmm. everything basically is just ports. And plenty of them as well. You know, all these different uh you know, the, the, the kind of catalogues and the titles and the collections, you know, you think about something like the ZX, um, and Zero collection and all that. But, you know, they, 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 when you like do something like you could filter a search on the eShop for Capcom stuff, like there'll be a lot of titles there. But so it's like, right. it feels like they've been present, but in terms of original stuff, they really haven't. Yeah. I, I, I I legitimately think this might be the first one, which is which is nuts. Uh, uh, I mean, Capcom beat 'em up bundle. I guess if you want to count that. Well, but, I that's mean, again. You're... I mean, that's it's the same as all the other ones I was talking about. That is, you have six old brawlers. You know, and, uh, yeah. You know, obviously you had um, you know, the the, the Street ul- Fighter, the thing Ultra Street Fighter, and then latterly yeah. the Street Fighter Anniversary Collection. It's it's all it's all stuff that's really just there. Their catalog, yeah. you know, to stuff that was um, safe, stuff that be on other systems or had already been on other systems. Yeah, <laughs> Devil May Cry, also those ones. It, uh, all right, so the only thing, according to this list I'm looking at, which is a pretty seems pretty exhaustive, that is arguably original, is Ultra Street Fighter Two, which was a launch game. Very arguable, and that was kind of yeah. That was that was based on the oh yeah oh Street Fighter Two remix HD remix or something yeah. I'm, I'm not bloody evil sh- Ryu and sad Ken or whatever. I mean, it's like it's not <laughs> oh, that, that's God. what distinguishes. It's technically it's violent Ken. I do want to make violent sure I do, Ken. I do no, uh, uh, but it had that weird first person thing too, and I uh, mean, it like, did I'm, yeah. But it's it's so I'm, I'm being I'm being very generous. I understand yeah. that. Yeah, but, and but like that's I said, it. there's there's so many there's so many ports and catalogs. You know, oh, can be HD, all sorts of things. You know, I own right. quite a few yep. of these things, but it so it doesn't feel like they've been sitting it out. But the reality is that uh, I think this is clearly just a case of them being a bit late to the party, and also you know, having development focused elsewhere and not on things that have been unsuccessful. You know, Monster Hunter World was a big success Very. in pushing oh, yeah. the boundaries of you know what had previously been kind of you know the kind of the, the audience for that series of getting more into the West and getting more onto con- you know, the the top end console players. Uh, so a DMC five you know, be, being yep. a bit you know, pretty did, big did quite success. Well. So it's Resident not, Evil Seven, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, the Resident Evil remakes, yeah, two and three. Yep. It's, so it's not like uh, uh, you can't understand it, and and you can't really necessarily overly critique it uh, from the point of view that you know the, the, where they have invested, it seems to have um, given them returns. But at the same time, it's that this is especially in Japan, it's so it's so rich. <laughs> this could sell so many units in Japan it, it's, yeah. it, it's I mean part of it and, and we've actually got an email about this not that long ago I don't remember if we ended up using it or not uh, where the question was Capcom seems to not be making a lot of the stuff that I care about not I I the writer of the email which was not me um, although it would be totally believable for me to have written that email given my past with that with that company um, and the reality of the situation is, yeah, they've really moved away from some of their their franchises that are, you know, more around handheld games or had their their heydays in the Super Nintendo era or earlier, 
and really move towards stuff that started to pop up in the PlayStation era or later as as like their focus of what they're making games in. They're they're more more adult oriented stuff. They're more for lack of a better word, gritty stuff. Um, we haven't had an Ace Attorney game in a while. It's been a long time. We haven't had a Mega Man game in forever. We basically just got ports. Um, well, that's true. We, you know, we had that one Mega Man game, Mega Man uh, 11. 11? It was 11. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was 11. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that kind of just came and went. There uh, there wasn't really much follow-up no, And, it was, on and to be fair, it was on Switch, you know, but it was... It was, uh, yeah, it, yeah. So that's wrong. So that... I, I missed one. They did have one original game. But it's Switch. it's obviously... It's we not the you. most um, daring kind of game, and it's no. all, it, entirely not Switch-specific. Uh, yeah, yeah but that, that was a, that was a dumb miss by me. But, it's all, it's but, a lot of stuff, but I mean, I, I quite liked it. Uh, but the, obviously, it's nothing earth shattering from any point of view in terms of like the level of investment involved, right. the level of switch specificity involved. It's just uh, it, it is it, it does kind of blend in very nicely with their catalog of you know Mega Man one through ten <laughs> and right. everything else. It it just happened to be that it was in a list of six Mega Man games, and I missed it. The uh, the Mega Man collection specifically, uh, but they just seem to have stepped away from from making the smaller games, and they're really making these big things now. I still question the logic of releasing two after four years, deciding now is the time to release two Monster Hunter games in a three month window. But I guess they feel like the marketing, the market is so differentiated on these two products that it's safe. Also, yeah, I, I, I think there could be, I th- as, at least in Japan, I think it could work as a one-two punch because with uh, the the more core kind of Monster Hunter game coming first, there's probably going to be this huge spike of like enthusiasm and just that you know kind of the brand being in the discourse and everything all everywhere on the internet because it's going to sell a shitload and everyone will be talking about it there and all that. But then the fact that that's there maybe gives it the sort of halo effect around that gives the spin-off title a chance maybe to entice people who have heard a lot about Monster Hunter but maybe are not quite ready to kind of jump into you know that kind of gameplay for some of the reasons we've already discussed but just because yeah. the the brand is so relevant it kind of makes them pay more attention to something that is a spin-off you know a sub-series and think maybe actually this is uh, a gateway into the series that would match with the other kinds of games that I like right i uh it it was it was very uh, the i think the part that made me laugh about it was like the 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 direct just starts with monster hunter shoot rise rise and we 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 don't get any intro it, it just here's the trailer and then the the narrator comes in he's like and there's another monster hunter game coming and it's like oh i see we're just we're just going to keep rolling that's cool um and then 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 we took a pause and had Rhythm Boxing too, the sequel to Rhythm Boxing, John's game of the year 2018. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is a weird audience that really likes this series. Like people, I see people talk about it. It's, it's, it's done. It, it did quite well. I mean, not surprisingly yeah, for something that's getting a sequel, but it is. It is. Uh, it, I think it did. Uh, I've seen you know over time it sold pretty well. It's steadily, you know, kept selling. Yeah. It's a, it's a catalog game. 
Uh, Nintendo, this is Nintendo published, by the way, in case you didn't know that, which should be totally understandable to not know because I forget that it's Nintendo published because it doesn't look like a Nintendo game because it isn't. Um, ultimately, it's made it's made outside the company. Um, but it's just a fitness game that you box, and they've added more. They've added no. They've added non boxing as an option to the boxing game. Uh, which, which for whatever reason, cracked me the hell up when the announcer's like, and you can now have settings, including no punching. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, but I don't know if there's much to say about this. That that was a really weird inclusion in the direct. Um, but as you said, it did it did well, and it's coming out in December. So um, from Imagineer and Nintendo. Uh, then we had Disgaea 6? Six, seven? I don't remember. Six, yeah. And and five is getting one of those Nintendo Switch Online based kind of free access periods. I, I, you know, and six is a is a Switch exclusive apparently. Um, I, I, I liked the Disgaea games I've played. I've played five, uh, one and three, I think, but I've never finished them because they're nightmares. Like they're just. They're they're just built to never well, end. I, I mean, do like jump- I do yeah. like the kind of variety games that have had Nintendo Switch Online trials, like because it's usually like a week that you can sample the right. game for, and in some cases, like I th- I don't know if this happened outside of Japan, but at least in Japan, Captain Toad for Switch was one of them, and it's kind of like you like- could see a lot of that game you could beat that game you could probably you could, look if you dedicate you could comfortably see all of it within a matter of days but even play kind of leisurely you could see most of it quite comfortably within a week uh and then you've had you know some like fighting games your arms poking which you could certainly get a good feel for in that time or yeah but this guy right. is like, like oh no <laughs> you're not gonna see everything in this week Fuck you! Like I mean, the the game they even joke about it in the trailer that now the health the damage bar goes up to fifteen trillion. It's like, oh, I see that these games are just on power creep rocket ship and they're just going to keep going forever. I mean, Disgaea won the first game to power up weapons. You had to run optional dungeons to power up a single weapon every time you wanted to power it up, which is something you'd probably have to do twenty or thirty times. For that one weapon. It's like, th- this game is designed to never end. Um, so, yeah, I'm surprised that I get... I, but my guess is that the Disguise games have just done well on Switch because the format is so well is so well suited to it that they probably were willing to say, like, go Switch first on this one. Um, I'm definitely going to try during the, the demo period for 5. Um, we got an update on, was it City of Sin? Which uh, I mean, it's just a trailer. We didn't really get much it's out of Empire, it. Empire, got... right? Empire, Empire Sin, Sin, yes. You're right. It is Empire Sin. Um, and did we get a date? I can't remember, but it's it's pre-order now, kind of stuff. Um, Sniper, another Sniper Elite game is coming. I think this is uh four. Yeah, this is four. It's coming this year again. This is just a port, so um. I don't know. I, I had fun with one of those games. Just but I mean it it is it is literally a game about 
long distance sniping Nazis in the testicles with slow motion video showing you it. So, I mean, like, if that appeals to you at some kind of like guttural level, well, <laughs> I was going to say, having no familiarity with this, isn't this just headshots the game? But of course, you had to make it nut shots the game, didn't you? <laughs> no, no, the, ga- the game very much encourages you to yeah. make it nut shots the game itself. It, um, I mean, it, headshots gets a stroke of the shoulders from me, but nut shots, I'm like, hmm, that gets look, a stroke, look, that gets game- a stroke of the chin. <laughs> The game, the game is isn't even subtle about the implication that you can. It's just like, hey, by the way, we rendered the nut shots. Yeah, should, is it like Mortal Kombat it. where it shows you like the inside, oh, yeah. like the bones and everything? Oh yeah, it absolutely is. In slow motion, uh, so, so you bonus see the bullets you have slowly rip the through the seminal vesicle. Good job. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it's 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 uh, it's. It's absolutely torture uh, porn. It is. Th- thank um, you for humoring me, Greg. That's this is good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean oh, that, that game, that game, that series knows what it is, and they just said, "Look, we're never going to be able to release in Germany, so let's just rack up as many reasons why. <laughs> let's just let's just make the biggest fucking list we can for reasons why this game can't come out in Germany, and let's just roll with it." Um, and they sure did. Like, it's like okay, so hyper violence. Yep. Showing actual physical damage—that's a—that's a no-go. Um, just Nazi paraphernalia everywhere. Yep, that's a red flag. It's just like just walk through the list. Nope, this game can't come out. Um, I don't know. I mean, there people who play those games really like them, and not just because they get to you know do your your gore porn sniper stuff. Um, there is a certain amount of of tactical shooter in there, and and trying. I mean, because you are literally a sniper trying to assassinate somebody. It's it's not. I don't think it's as fully thought out as something like um, Hitman. Uh, yeah, but it's you know the same kind of rules apply. You have to be quiet. You have to be. You have to have a good plan together. You're you're really just trying to set up for the shot. But you don't you don't have the actual fun parts of Hitman. That's the problem. Like, I'm sure you don't get to disguise yourself as in goofy costumes and. No, Hitman. Hitman is also stupid. It's it's yeah. It in really like specific and weird way, um, but you can do things like oh the the Nazis out there on his pleasure boat and they're going out. I'm just going to shoot the gas tank off his boat and watch it explode. Mission accomplished. Um, there is there is variety in how you can approach missions. I I think there's a demo for Sniper Elite Three on Wii U of all things. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It it is what it is. Uh, Hades is out now. Hades, Hades got, I don't know if you would call this shadow dropped. Uh, we knew, I mean, we knew it existed, but I don't know that we didn't know it was coming out today. Did we? No, no, that was very much a surprise. Well, like you see, it'd been mentioned in previous videos, but right. without a specific date, uh, I don't think. And then, yeah, one of the, and it's out now and it wasn't yep. the only one <laughs> either. No, so I, I have been playing Hades. I don't know if y'all want to talk about it now or you want to come loop back to it. I mean, I'd be curious to hear about it. It looks very Diablo-like. Uh, yeah, it's a roguelite, so it's it's a little bit okay. different than Diablo in that respect. It's it's a run-based roguelite. Um, you play as Hades' son, um, whose name I'm blanking on. Um, but uh, basically, he's trying. He is he is the son of Hades and Persephone, and he is trying to leave the underworld because all the other gods in Olympus are like, "Yo, dude, there's a pretty sweet party up here. You should come hang out." And uh, or it's more like, "Oh shit, we have a cousin." 
we should invite him up to the party. And Hades, be, Hades in this game is literally a uh, basically a bureaucrat running hell, who's really just not an, who's mostly just annoyed that his son is wrecking shop trying to escape. And so every time our hero dies because he can't die, he's a god. He just respawns back at the bottom of the underworld, right in the middle of Zo- uh, Hades' throne room. And okay. at which point he's scolded. Um, and you, it's it's run based, so you're collecting things to give you permanent upgrades. You're collecting uh, money you can use to buy one time use upgrades, or one run upgrades, or even even short shorter term buffs. Um, you're collecting things that you can use to unlock new skills and new weapons and all that kind of stuff. Um, and every, so it's just it's just like something like um, what's a good example of one of these roguelites? Um, Splunky. Or uh, dead cells, that's yeah, or dead cells, where every run you're just trying to get, you're trying to get something that gives you a little bit of an edge for every subsequent run. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know you'll reach certain plateaus. We have to fight a boss, but all the bosses are also gods, so you'll kill them. And then when you get when you die and go back to the house, the the boss that you killed will just be hanging out, going like, "This need a little shit." Next time, I'm gonna mess you up, mm-hmm. and. They just have weird little conversations. It's it, it is a super giant game. So the a good example of how that comes through is one, it looks gorgeous and it it feels really really good. Um, but the voice acting and the writing is phenomenal. Uh, there is a there is another game of where you talk to Hades a lot and lots of weird non sequiturs that pop up at the bottom of the screen. And that game is bad about it. This game is good about it. Um, Hades is actually the narrator of the game as well, and he's narrating the game from this like really just kind of sarcastically annoyed at his son philosophy. So it'd be like you'll you'll find these little beacons that cause the narrator to describe the scene in a very Bastian sort of way, because again, super giant. But as opposed to it just being uh, somebody giving an over dramatic reading, it's it's Hades giving the the kind of narrator reading, but he's saying things like his bed. He's talking about his son here. His bedroom was a mess, despite his ever-loving father's attempts to get him to pick things up. It was just awful. And then you'd have you have the hero go, "It's not that bad, God." Or 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 occasionally he'll just go say things like, "Yes, father, I hear you," and move on to do things. Um, but it's 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 not a revolutionary game. Let's be clear. It is it is a straight up action roguelite, and it is good at that. Um, it feels good. It looks good. It does everything you expect it to do. They're, the upgrade trees are kind of weird in the Binding of Isaac sort of way, um, but not weird in, in terms of the grotesqueness of Binding of Isaac, but more in the, what does this thing do? Oh, I guess that's probably good sort of way. Um, but it, it's fundamentally the polish that puts this game over. I mean, it, it is it is very much a super giant game sort of game. Um, I played it for about three hours straight today, um, which I really only meant to play it for about an hour. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fun. I did about four or five runs in that one. Um, I've kind of hit a brick wall, but the, I am, I am getting deeper into the area, the section, the the section I've, I'm in now, but I'm very slowly getting deeper. The, the map is random, so it regenerates every time you run. So it's hard to know how far I am into it. And there's a ton of branching paths that might lead you to more upgrades or more shops or whatever. Um, so it's possible that you might have a run through this lava area I'm stuck in, which is only like the second or third area, and it'd be shorter than 
the a run where you were less successful. Uh, the the time I beat the first area the first time, it was definitely um, a shorter run than the first two times I reached that boss. So uh, obviously, there's an economy of health thing. The the our hero can't heal himself; he can only buy healing items or find them. Um, you can get temporary buffs to to give you more health, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not a revolutionary one of these games but if you like these kinds of games this is a very good one so um and i i generally speaking don't like these kinds of games there there are ones i enjoy there's the there's a 2d side scroller one set in a castle that i'm rogue legacy that's it that i i played a shitload of rogue legacy um and there's definitely some of that here um but obviously you know it's many years later so it's more refined but yeah i think john i think you i think you'd get a kick out of this game yeah, I think so. Just looking at it, like watching what little they had in the trailer, it looks pretty cool. And if the writing is good too, yeah, I'm a sucker yeah, for that kind of stuff. So there's not a ton of writing, but it's it's it hits the right tone. Yeah, um, and it's well enough delivered. And if you if you know your Greek mythology, uh, there are some pretty uh, that I've already seen some pretty amusing references to stuff in there. Um, you know, like uh, Sisyphus is is somewhere in the second zone in Tartarus. And when you meet up with them, apparently the prince here is just like Sisyphus's companion. So he comes to him, he's like, oh, hey, hey, prince, what's up? It's been a while. And as they talk for a little bit, and uh, he'll make some joke about, oh, it's just me and the boulder here. All right, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Feel free to stop by if you got some time. What's up the hill and me and this it, boulder? Yeah, yeah it, there, there's, there's shit like that. Um, but they, there's a ton of dialogue. I, there's one character, the first boss, who... Who I don't know that they, they kind of imply it, that he and the that she and the prince might have might be a thing or something I don't know but he's had to, to kill her a couple times now and she's getting really salty about it so on subsequent times I meet her after after downing her she's she's getting real salty at this point um to the point of like where, she's one of the furies she's like because where where are your sisters at I don't know there's some kind of war up there they're busy so I'm stuck here babysitting you. All right, I'll see you later. And then he just tra- he just trapes off into his bedroom. It's like, oh man, it's just getting salty. This is great. Um, so yeah, this is a really fun game. Also, it's on sale for at its at a launch price, twenty percent off. Um, so I'm having fun with it, and it it I don't know how long I'm going to play it, but I feel like I, I'm definitely going to get my money out of it. Uh, as Greg implied, there was another game that uh, was just dropped on us from out of nowhere. Uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. The sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest is now coming to Switch uh, today. Now yep. came to Switch. <laughs> it's probably live uh, right now, right? The developer on Twitter was saying that they managed to get 60 frames per second somehow uh, from a game yeah. that struggled on the Xbox One. Yeah, that it's, is that is kind of funny. That part of it, it's, it's 900. It's 900. Uh, the resolution is 900 on docked in 720 on handheld which is that's the part that's shocking yeah that is the the kind of combination there because i mean they did it i i know they did the same thing for the original ori game was also a 60 um fps so it was kind of yeah they said i guess there was a bar that had been set there but it's it's kind of i i don't know how but especially when you kind of port it back down from xbox how much fancier the graphics actually would be in the sequel, but it still seems like it's uh, an achievement. But I've, I've played a little bit of this on a Game Pass trial. I don't, as I said many times, I don't get a lot of time <laughs> with front of the TV with the Xbox uh, that isn't just like streaming stuff. So 
uh, probably as as wonderful as Game Pass is, it's not really worth me paying for <laughs> long term because yeah. uh, I wouldn't really get the use out of it. But this was something I wanted to check out because of the, you know, the Metroid type of game and you know the kind of aesthetic and all that. And uh, I enjoyed what I played a bit there. It seemed uh, very you know, again, it's quite the the you know, there's quite a lot of kind of acrobatics involved as it as it went on. There, what I played, so I think the um, uh, the, the kind of, even though it's exploration based, not like a you know twitch action. I think the frame rate is somewhat important in that respect. Yeah. you know, I think it would would it, uh, if 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 they couldn't have done it, I'm sure it's you know a stable frame rate would still have left it uh, plenty playable. But uh, it will benefit from the full they, the full refresh. Go ahead. No, yeah. Sorry, uh, I, did Did you play Hollow Knight? I've played Hollow Knight on Switch. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I haven't played Will of the Wisps yet, even though I have Game Pass, so I don't really have an excuse. Game Pass is just my methodology to play Horizon at this point. Uh, <laughs> I've, ra- I've, racked up, I've racked up in-game, according to the counter, 7,000 miles driving. Nice. And keep in mind that like the game is running at 1-1 scale in terms of like cargo 70 miles an hour, you will go 70 miles in an hour. Um, now, granted, my cars are usually going like 200 miles an hour, so, you know things things sometimes are out of control um but yeah it, I, yes um people who have played that game and who are who played both of the the ori games have have told me and i've read this online i can see it a little bit that there does seem to be more of an actiony component hollow knight style in this one compared to its predecessor at least more fast-paced action yeah i mean they streamline things a little bit i mean it's still very much you know i, I played a little bit into it i haven't i didn't uh, the thing is with me, I think I kind of burned myself out on Ori a little bit because I did play through it. But you liked a lot. On the yeah, I love Ori. The first one I loved, and this one is good. I mean, it's it's if you like the first one, this one is great too. But I also just played through the first one on Switch not too terribly long ago, so I kind of right that itch has already sort of been scratched for me for a little while. So I think I'll probably come back to Will of the Wisps. Well, um, well John, what if I could bring it back to you in a really specific way? What on Switch? Yeah, yeah. Because they, uh, they an- maybe they announced they announced I am eight bit is we're doing a collector's edition on Switch. I saw that and it looks very very excessive in terms of it's in terms so of much. everything that's in there. It's also it's very like expensive. A, it's like one hundred and fifty, like right? Tableau. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's I got mean, both games. Uh, James, my so cat helmet days are, are over. Dollars each. Well, it's got it's got like a gold tableau that it that they're inside and you open it up and yeah, it's so much. It's yeah, so I mean. You can't just throw something in a fancy box and expect me to buy it these days. What if it's I throw because... three things in the fancy box? Mm, no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I thought you were going to say you can't just throw a cat helmet in with the game. That's what I was going to say. As I said, my cat helmet oh, days are over. In the, in the old days, that was enough for you now. That was the old me. It's got to be there's a, there's at a least a gilded me. cat helmet. At least. Well, look, the ta- the tableau is gold. I'm exactly. just saying. Well, it's, like, yeah, it's, it's step in the right direction. The thing is, yeah. I keep the cat helmet around at this point to just tell me what where I don't want to be again. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's almost like you know someone who's like you know just, it's like you get those, those coins for being like ten years sober sort of thing. Now I'm imagining yeah. John. That's what that cat helmet is. I'm imagining me. John holding it in his hand, speaking to it in Shakespearean fashion. <laughs> Look, I just buy every cat helmet I see because it's a reminder of what I don't want to become anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's 
it it was weird and wild that these two games both got shadow dropped on the same day. Um, Nintendo was just just completely out of control with shadow dropping games at this point. But um, I don't know. I, I I know I made a joke about it online, and Saran's like, "Yeah, just two games this time." Um, yeah, well, it's nice to know that it's not just indie <laughs> kind of games. As well. It is can be in these partner directs as well as the indie yes. worlds that we get multiple. Uh, sudden Just, launches here they come um i i i i i want to talk about wonder world what is that game balan wonder world because i don't know what so the this is hell the eugene naka thing at. yeah yeah yes with the it, yeah this, the, the 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 hat face thing is yeah yeah that, uh, that's this it's a bit nightmarish of course <laughs> so so here, here's my my thought on this game what i was thinking of when i saw it uh, this feels like somebody took generic platformer from 2003 i think uh, yeah i'll go 2003 maybe 2004 maybe this is the sequel to the 2003 game and then just made it very glossy like it, it feels like oh it feels like very from a different era of, of 3D platforming because it, there's even like hey and then you can walk through the stage and collect five golden trophies to unlock the next level and they show the boss fights and they look very much like post Mario 64 style boss fights uh, yeah, they, it's true. It's, it's your pretty classical 3D platformer kind of boss fights in terms of sending out those kind of circular waves out from oh, yeah. the boss uh, that you have to jump over. I mean, I think the Bowser fights in Mario Galaxy are quite a lot like that, except, of course, it's taking place on the, the sort of planetoid, you know, kind of to mix that up a little bit. But yeah, that, I mean, I think there's boss fights in 3D world that are like that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of boss fight in 3D platform space 101 type stuff, but it's not necessarily a bad thing either. Yeah, it's it just... Like it felt very of an era, and I'm not sure exactly what that era was, but it wasn't right now. I think well, I think it was when 3D platformers were more relevant. I mean, that's the thing, yeah. isn't it? Is that like outside of a core Mario title, it, the idea of 3D platformers being like a big deal is kind of retro. Obviously, you know, they already tried to tap into that with the original ukulele game as well. You know, it's like uh, obviously. You know, it's very direct. You know, it's it's very specific in that case. It's banjo. It's not just like right. 3D platforms in general. But it, it's it's see, it's symptomatic of the same stuff. It's just like there was this little window in time where that genre was relevant, and it really didn't last that long. So it's got you know, it's, it's uh, about four years. It kind of any time you kind of doing something with that genre, I think it's inevitably somewhat gonna unless you're really kind of. Uh, deviating and, and, and trying to kind of take it into a different kind of structure or something, it, it's going to kind of feel like it belongs in that particular span of time. Yeah, I mean, this game, and, and of course, you, you mentioned why, this game feels like Billy Hatcher. Like, you, well, you, it's Eugene, it's Eugene Naka games. So yeah. yeah, but like, it's that got that same, if this game didn't come out when it did or from who it was, it would have just been another generic 3D platformer. Now, I'm not saying that's what the game is going to be, but just from the look of it, you know, it didn't look particularly detailed. The art's kind of bland-ish, although very colorful. Um, 
I don't think they did a great job explaining it, which I guess maybe they feel like they don't have to because they're like, look, look, it's one of these. It's one of these. But one of these, um, if you're 15 years old now, you weren't alive when one of these was relevant. Just just a point of order. Like, one of these is a long time ago. Uh, so... I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I, I don't actually pay attention to what kids are playing, but surely they've got crappy 3D platformers on the iPhone that they mess around with. No, no not really. No, because because they don't really. That would be too expensive, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be the opportunity to farm for money. Hmm. Like everything on the iPhone or on mobile has got to be on mechanisms to generate cash, real quick, real fast. And so, generally speaking, they don't. The games are simpler. Um, yeah, and or, to be or, fair, I mean, uh, yeah, Nintendo kind of were swimming against kind of this tide of, oh, 3D Mario is too complicated for a long time, weren't they? And then kind of saying, actually, let's like make it more simple. Uh, when, you know, like Galaxy 2, let's not forget, I think maybe not in America, but certainly in Japan and Europe, shipped with a DVD. <laughs> Oh my explaining god. Explaining the concept of platforming right. in 3D. So, I mean, if that was. To, that if, was 10 years ago. If that was meant to be too complicated, it's got to be too complicated for the smartphone market, which I know nothing about, but still, I can only assume that is, Holy you know. Shit. If you can't just do it by tapping your thumb, then it's too complicated, isn't it? I, I'm I'm I I had forgotten about that DVD. Although now that you've you've said it, I remember, and that's that's alarming. We didn't get it, so no. First I, off, I, it it was uh, again. I think um, that was a it was firmly in that era of Nintendo of Europe, just sort of robotically <laughs> mimics NCL. <laughs> like, I want there to have been one person in Germany working it for NOE who was like. This is the dumbest shit. Why are we doing this? And then but everyone just stared at that just, person. Even though like, the original Galaxy sold you know, millions of units, but after the you know, the success of New Super Mario on um, DS and then you know, especially on Wii, it's just like, oh, but this isn't nearly enough, though, is it? I mean, it seems like maybe if we explain to some people... <laughs> That this is a lot like New Super Mario Brothers, but in 3D. <laughs> That's right. That then, once they've grasped that, it will sell 30 million copies, which of course, Mario Galaxy 2 did not. It sold like six or something. So it's very respectable figures, especially yeah. for, you know, to be the thing about New Super Mario Brothers Wii was this ridiculously huge, so uh, 2009, but it wasn't that long after that that the bottom started to fall out of the Wii software right. kind of sales, sadly. Um, you know, they kind of had, uh, a few more big hits, and, oh, like I said, I mean, Galaxy 2 did, did perfectly well, I think, but it's just, uh, the point is 3D platformers never did have that kind of, uh, even with Nintendo trying their absolute best, to streamline them and kind of make them more accessible. It's just, they just don't have that instant accessibility that 2D games do. So I think, I mean, it's it's tough to adapt. I mean, they with the Super Mario Run for phones, they right. adapted the 2D uh, Mario sort of template to a single, you know, uh, action. Just tap tap to jump with it auto-scrolling and stuff. And so, you know, I mean, that was one kind of simplification. 
but for a 2d platform simplifying a 3d platformer into i i i it sounds like a very very complex task to me funnily enough <laughs> so yeah. i just i can't I, I, see how it could possibly work uh, or, or why anyone would be particularly minded to try i i want to talk to the person who was probably working in grossos time at that point who had to go home every night and drink because their job was to translate the how to play 3d mario dvd and just, just cry. <laughs> I think we all know how they did that. Very literally. That was the MO <laughs> at the time. But no, I mean, in the case of this Yuji Laka game, that's the whole point. You've got to appeal to people who like these games back in the late 90s, the early 2000s, because that's the only people who do like them. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Really. I, it, it, I, I, I don't know. It looks a little bit bl- not bland. It's That's, that's the wrong word because it is very colorful. It just unappealing i guess i don't know i don't know i'm i'm interested in it i i I like 3d platformers a lot and uh it's when they've done well i mean certainly they can be much more tedious than their side-scrolling counterparts oh my god when they're not done well so uh it's i think it's there's more to go wrong in a 3d platformer but it works i really 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 love them and you know, New Super Lucky's Tale is not like the most lavish, gorgeous, like totally unique looking thing in the world, but it was a, a, a solid 3D platformer with good mechanics, and I enjoyed that. So it's not, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't rule this out. I don't think it's only like the elite Mario class that can possibly reach the level oh, of no. big fun in this area. No, and I, I don't think we're looking at Sphinx 2 or whatever that fucking thing was called that was also Ninja Bread Man and other stuff, but like it's oh, it's going to be God, a question. Yeah it's, yeah, it's something Egyptian, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but it, it was it was like two, but there wasn't uh, a one. Yes. Because they, they thought it would be more appealing. That game is wild. Um, but but is this this definitely feels like a wait-and-see game. Um, also coming out at the end of March. Coincidence, I'm sure. Um, what, what a weird date everyone seems to have landed on. Um, and then I think, really, it was just uh, an update on Rune Factory 5, which is, is coming, I think, coming next year. Um, and then, actually, it was that was when they, they dropped... Um, 2021 yeah they just said 2021 it was mm. just an update we already we already knew that and then it was just an update on um or that then it was the announcement of uh ori so uh one game missing very obviously one extremely partner direct appropriate game not mentioned that you think might be mentioned in the current context anyone anyone guess what that was bravely default Two. that's not coming this year of course, no, the, it's not the, well, this that year. may well be true, but that is they haven't said it. That's theirs. That's Nintendo's. In that's true. Uh, at least mm. the West, so but, that would actually s- would not necessarily be in the domain of a partner direct. Yeah, but but uh, boxing, fitness boxing is theirs too. Yeah, but again, it's like a. I mean, I'm not sure if that's true everywhere in the world, though. It may only be no, certain places. No, it's not. So, so okay. Uh, I, but yeah, yeah I, 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 agree. I, I, I take your point in terms of it's not entirely out of the question that Bravery Default Two could have shown up in this. I'm just saying it also it may it, it could you you could also argue for it not being in this. Uh, sure, as well, so. maybe that's why like they they didn't want to take any chances or like does it belong here? Uh, that's we better not may- talk about it at all. 
so so next week when we start the show with another segment about the video that they announced, Bravely Default 2 might be in it, and they'll be telling you that it's not coming this year. Because well, guess I, what? We've got we've already been promised in this case, uh, what I'm about to mention, we've been promised further information on Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity before That's the true. end of the month, haven't we? So we've got that to look forward to. Um, Fuck! If they drop another video about Hyrule Warriors on us next week, well, is it? We know they've they've explicitly said it's twenty something. I forget exactly that that you know, there will be more information about it then. So there's going to be that. It's just a question of is there more? You know, is there to it or or you know, kind of would other games be involved or is it just exclusively going to be about that? But yeah, it's it's. Um, this month, uh, and yeah, reaching back in the last month, you know, the last partner to write, it's, <laughs> it's been this steady, you know, kind of, uh, every week there's going to be something to deal with. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's very much deliberate. Like you can see that they're basically just saying, we want to have a new spike every week. It's not the same day of the week. It's, it moves around. Um, but they're, they're very much giving things room to breathe. Sort of. I mean, I would argue that Hades and um, Ori might have might have benefited. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah, they're not not the most room. Um, but it, if you moved one of them to the indie direct, which arguably both of them could go there, uh, they just swamp that indie direct. So that wasn't the indie world, or whatever they called it. So that wasn't an option. Um, but yeah, this this cycle has gotten out of hand. At this point, it's just, it's completely out of hand. We just, well, so it's just because so much stuff has got deferred, though, as well, isn't it? Right. You know, like, and, and even now, there's probably a certain amount of things that could have been you know, announced or you know, talked about in this year that haven't been for you know, various reasons, just all the disruptions and things. Right. So it, it, we're, and we're still the- kind of play, even as some of this stuff has been getting it out. Yeah, the, the release schedule is filling out a bit in terms of you know, Horror Warrior slotting in towards the end of the year, Pikmin, all these things that have come along. It, it, but still, I feel like we probably haven't completely kind of caught up to where we might normally have in terms of like no. how much st- stuff is filling up the release schedule for the next six months or so. Yeah, and and part of the reason we've been having all this stuff in the last month is it's the wind up to, t- to the virtual TGS, which I think is especially next. Monster Hunter. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. the timing's yeah. no coincidence there. In fact, the Monster Hunter the Monster Hunter Rise website explicitly says, "Join us at TGS." Or we'll have more about this game, presumably if you speak Japanese. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's this 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 part. This was all. I would say the last two weeks are probably all wind up to TGS because I would imagine Hyrule Warriors will also feature yeah, somewhere I prominently think, there. I think that's been mentioned, hasn't it? That it will be there, obviously, with this part yeah. of uh, Tech Mode. Totally presence, makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, and some of the other games that got shown today will definitely definitely rear their head um i want to say we saw the last partner direct so at the start of this cycle that was the one where we saw smt5 um right yeah, and, and the smt3 remaster yeah and those so those will definitely be um at tgs so i mean y- well it's, it's, i mean smt3 is like october in japan so yeah. it's like actually quite you know you're building up to an imminent release with that yeah, so th- there is there is a a plan that is playing out here with this stuff, 
and and it's it'll probably I think TGS is the twenty sixth, so it'll probably slow down. Yeah, and like next, so that's that was week. when they promised the the further info on Hyrule Warriors, so it'll there be uh, yeah, tied in with TGS, no doubt. Yeah, so once that once that rolls through, things will things will chill back down again. But um, by then we'll be in the release cycle for these games and for the new consoles. Um, and I wonder, I wonder, I don't know, I don't know why they. I wonder if some of this was just to keep conversation going about Switch as the new consoles were having their information dumps happen. Because um, yesterday or overnight was when the PS5 went on pre-order uh, because the price got announced yesterday as well. And um, Sony Sony was doing an interview where they said, don't worry, we'll give you plenty of warning about pre-orders. And while that interview was happening, pre-orders went live. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> oops. Uh, so pre-order, obviously we had the, the standard new console pre-order fiasco. I would guess we're going to get the Xbox equivalent of that in the next two weeks. Yeah, most likely. Uh, Although they didn't, they didn't do the, they didn't shadow drop. Yeah. By the way, this is going up for pre-order tomorrow. And then right. all the retailers put it live that day. Yeah. So well, they, I, they I did get their hand forced with the timing of the pricing and stuff, right? Because it just leaked before. Yeah, it just, the, it just, it just, the Series just S stuff. It just, it just got out yeah, before they actually. They still did. To talk I mean, when, when that, I mean, that leaked when though? Like last week was it? It, it? it leaked the day before it all got announced. Well, he's. I mean, Phil Spencer did tweet out the one thing. He said, "Yeah, it was supposed to be next week." Oh, okay. So, so I think it was supposed to be maybe Monday of this week that they were supposed okay. to do it. So they so they got their their schedule moved up by a week essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so that 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 pre-order fiasco could start literally any day. Um there was also a a graphics card that had its its uh pre-order thing drop the same time as the PS5. So websites just melted the fuck down. It was great. Yeah. So so yay. Um, we don't have to deal with that with Nintendo stuff until at, at the earliest next year, and then James, I'm assuming you did not pre-order a PS5, or did you? I uh, I took a pass at it to see if I could. Yeah. Uh, um, and I could not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wasn't I wasn't trying real hard. It was yeah. just uh, if I can, eh, maybe. There, there's yeah, some, I mean, uh, it's not I, the world's most powerful console. I understand. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, so I read something about the fact that uh, the yields on PS5s are not looking too hot in terms of there's a lot of units coming off that are not usable. So yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sony, Sony the, shot that down, but of course they're going to shoot it down just because still, they don't. Want I mean, I to wouldn't expect there to be very many in any event because right. I mean, I just don't yeah. know how feasible or they, even desirable that is in the current market conditions. They've already yeah. said there's going to be more than there was in the PS4, which isn't saying a whole ton. But they've also said they're adopting what Switch did and literally flying them on planes rather than using ships to get them to market faster. Um, which is terribly inefficient from an economic standpoint. But, you know, it, it, from a marketing standpoint... Yeah, I, look, I it, look, bad launch PR can really... You know, it's, it's, a, it's had lasting detrimental effects on consoles you know for that whole yeah. generation so I, I could see what you know, what happened with ps3 what happened with xbox one these things right. are not ancient history you, you want to do what you can to avoid that sort of hit because it will last yeah so it's you know it from where the only reason i took a pass at it was largely just to see if i could i have the money i could buy it it wouldn't it's not like it would hurt me or anything it was just like yeah a, do, do i th- do i think i'll be able to probably not but let's see yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And well, the, yeah, the and I mean, was, it was no. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it took the wind out of a lot of people's sails too when they said, "Oh yeah, you know, Horizon, uh, the new one." Yeah, it's not really actually a PS5 exclusive. It's coming out on PS4 as well. The, the game that like, they had what? been selling a month earlier as only achievable on PS5 is yes. now coming to PS4. <laughs> yeah, there was some salty Twitter threads off of that. Yeah, it's so. fine. I, I'm not too worried about it. I, it. It's one of those systems where I know I'll own one at some point. Um, I might wait for it to not be hideous. Um, yeah. Because it is hideous. And if you think it's not hideous, you're wrong. It's hideous. It it yeah. looks it looks like something that would have been built in a London skyline by an architect funded by an oil baron out of the Middle East. <laughs> it's uh, the, I, the, the, I I can I could live with the regular one the disc the disc slot one. Yeah. Is, yes. That is yeah. not not very. It looks so grafted it on. Like it, it's it looks like it bad. melted a piece off of it, and it's just dripping down. It's yeah, it's bad. It's yeah, so that bad. that I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the other of the of the what was clearly the core design, but I could I could you know live with that. I, 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 the, the box aesthetics don't matter a great deal to me. I gotta say, but it looks the, like yeah. The, it looks the like disc slot, turned the on disc side. slot is painful. <laughs> it's like yeah, uh, it is. It's it's like. It, it is trying to call attention to the fact that it doesn't really want to be there, but it's been <laughs> hastily grafted on. The, the the worst part is I'd have to buy the disc one because most of my PS4 games are disc-based, so mm-hmm. I'm stuck. I'm stuck with the hideousness. What I yeah. saw also is, uh, maybe that's not true, but uh, I think I saw a report that uh, mostly what Sony's going to have is the disc version and uh, fewer units of the uh, all-digital version. So it looks like the digital version maybe only exists to be able to say from three ninety nine or whatever the price is. Uh, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, because that is yeah three ninety nine four ninety nine. So we did right, not yeah. get the return of five hundred ninety nine, which I Damn personally it. find disappointing. I try very hard to live in the past, pretty much all the times, but especially now. <laughs> and <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> come on, give me a bit of two thousand and six juju. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember that. You know, I, I think I, uh, for a while there, actually, in my PS3 box, I mean, I still have my big, my PS3 fat. I still have that thing, even though I think, I think the fan is actually going in it. Um, mm. But you should get it repaired because those are actually worth money. Yeah, oh, yeah, because yeah, it's like got a, the, yeah. the the full PS2 hardware's in yeah. there, so it's got the back component yeah. like built in. Yep. And- um, yeah, but I think I have the receipt in the box for that. And it is, it's five ninety nine. Frame plus, it. I think I might, <laughs> I, I might have, I might have, yeah, I might have bought Resistance Fall of Man with it. I'm, I bought like one or two games with it, and so I laid out like seven hundred dollars that day to get that system, and it's oh. like, wow, that was a lot of money. That was a lot of money. Yeah, and I think I might have bought like a second controller. Like I went all in on the PS3. So, it was so nuts. There, there was a period where I was playing with the pre ordering, where I thought, you know, there's a possibility that the actual like I would basically be picking up two consoles within a week of each other for yeah. a grand total of a thousand dollars. Within three days of each other, because it's uh, November yeah. the tenth and November the twelfth, right? Like I could totally see a scenario where I just wait and go pick them up on the same day mm-hmm. and walk out with both of them like some kind of robber baron asshole. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I kind of thought the same thing. I mean, the reason why I didn't even try for a PS5 is because I mean I don't have a PS4 and I don't miss it. So uh, yeah, like, I, oh, whatever, I. But- I don't have anything I need right now. Right, so. but uh, but that's the thing. Like at GameStop, I have 
I checked and I have from trading in my PS4 and a whole bunch of old Xbox 360 games, like probably about maybe like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, I have 395 uh, in credit <laughs> at GameStop. So it's gonna be a real bummer that... when that company dies on you. Well, that's the thing. I'm trying. I gotta trade. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of it. I'm trying to get rid of it. I've also I've also got extra GameStop credit because of the uh, the thing I did with the Wii U to uh, repair my my Wii mode on it. I had to transfer uh, everything on another Wii U and then transfer it back. So I returned the unit that I bought, but now I'm stuck with uh, like two hundred dollars worth of uh, yeah. I I, I look points. for. I look forward to the day of sort of like Great Depression run on the bank style, like desperation <laughs> of people mobbing games to You're going to have to yeah. buy so many fucking Funko to spend that yeah. money. Well, that's the thing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get the Series X. I'm going to get that at GameStop, put the 395 towards that, and trade in my 1X to cover the rest. So I think I'll have just a little bit of credit left. For, and then nice. put that towards something else. Maybe a PS5, but probably not for a while. Maybe just something else entirely. Maybe just a game. Yeah. Or yeah. Xbox Live points that you can then use to buy a game. Yeah, something. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. We, we got on a little bit of a tangent, but yeah. I, it So QED version of that, the PS5 is hideous. It, um, it is. All right. Anyway, um, I, we wanted to kind of kind of go a little bit quicker on the rest of this episode. So who's got new business? Before I decide we want to take a break. I've got a little bit of uh, extremely relevant new business. Yeah, well, just a little game that came out today by a developer named Bertel Hortberg. Oh. Um, yeah, so mm. I got the Super Punch Patrol from, uh, and it's very obvious when you play it, from the creator of Gunman Clive. Um, yes. So uh, Super Punch Patrol is his... Uh, Take on the uh, the the belt brawler, the 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 beat 'em up belt genre. Scroller. Yeah, and yes. uh, so it looks, it has the same art style as Gunman Clive. Not, um, it's not sepia tone uh, this time, but it is like the the kind of the how do you call that? Just like uh, it's pencil. like colored pencil art. Yeah, yeah, pencil art. Um, and it uh, it looks very good, and uh, it's a short little game, and it's very cheap. It's like five dollars. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's exactly one of those games, but with that art style. I think that what you're getting here is really, like, if you're a fan of Gunman Clive, you like how it looks, and you like uh, beat-em-ups, like, the, you're the target audience for this game. Uh, but otherwise, it doesn't really... Uh... The problem here is that Karen and I have been playing Streets of Rage 4 so much, and that game yes. is so, like, the gameplay is so spot-on that uh, it feels a little bit weird to be playing anything else, uh, let alone like a game made by <laughs> one guy. Um, and it's not like the, it's pretty good, but it, it does have, um, you know, like I, I can't help but compare it, even though it's so unfair. Like this, uh, comparing this $5 game to this uh, uh, other game that had uh, a lot more uh, means behind it. So like the, first of all, like the, the music is good. The, the game looks good. But the, the animations are a little bit stiff. Um, it's, it's a little bit off-putting to not be able to juggle enemies as much as you can in Streets of Rage 4. Um, 
And it, it does have a lot of BS moments where I'm not sure what you're supposed to do uh, when uh, you're getting punched and can't get out of it. Like, there's a lot of moments mm. when the enemies are just off the screen and there's really, like, they come at you so fast that you can't move out of the way. Um, or, you know, there are instances where, like, you're punching a dude, but they, they, they're not um, so phased by that and they, they just launch into a counterattack immediately and uh, right now it's a little bit unclear what I'm supposed to do about that. There is a, a dodge mechanic if you press up or down twice quickly, uh, you kind of roll up or down or just dash up or down, you dodge. Um, but uh, what I found playing with the GamePad Pro is that it kind of does that automatically for me. Um, there's something like maybe the, the, the controls are a little bit too sensitive on that D-pad and uh, they just have me sometimes dodge when I'm in the middle of punching someone. Um, and that that's also kind of bit me in the butt a few times. So, uh, yeah, like it's a... But I don't know. Like it's a, it's a fun little game and like for five bucks, you can't really go wrong if you like this type of game. So I, I think I would recommend it overall. Um, Karen and I finished it on easy, uh, solid credits. Um, and then we tried on normal. We got pretty far, but then uh, I always die first in those games. And uh, this time was no different. I, I died right before the last stage. And then Karen tried to survive uh, as long as she could, but uh, did not manage to finish it this time. Um, and um, yeah, like the... I think this is probably a game that's really like for it's not online. There are online leaderboards, but you can't play, uh, you know, over the uh, online. Uh, it has to be couch co-op. And I do think like after seeing um, uh, John Raridan's review of the game on Nintendo World Report, uh, it really looks like playing two players makes a big difference. Because he mentioned stuff about uh, not being able or barely being able to beat the clock in the, the those stages, like he says that um, at one in one stage, like he had to really rush uh, at the boss and ignore the patterns and everything because the the clock was ticking and he was gonna run out of time, and that never really came close to happening uh, when I was playing with Karen. So it really seems like it's balanced for two players. So that's something to keep in mind. Cool. But yeah, yeah, I saw this and thought, I bet Guillaume's could talk about this on the show. I didn't expect it to be today. So yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, it was not a very big, uh, it was not a big ordeal to get through. Like uh, anyway, and uh, of course, there's like I don't, you can unlock costume costumes and stuff. I don't know if you can unlock characters, uh, but there is like a poster in the background at some point that's just like a, a duck, uh, which makes sense. I hope that you get to play as a duck at some point. Um, because you can in Gunman Clive, and uh, that would be a fun tradition to to uphold here. The, this, we are the game. The uh, does Mech Termination Force have a duck in it? I haven't played it. I uh, have. I, I really don't should. remember seeing uh, any reference to the duck, but I mean, hmm. I mean, it I played Gunman Clive one and two, but I've got to be honest. Uh, Guillaume mentioning that, I, I, you know, I, 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 I completely forgot about. Yeah, you know, it was not something that stuck in my head. So there could have <laughs> been some reference there that just went over my head during Max Termination Force, which I, I I enjoyed. It's kind of similar, really, you know, in terms of yeah. the, the overall feel of like, yeah, that was uh, really quite enjoyable. Um, but yeah, obviously, it doesn't outstay its welcome. 
and uh, you know, there's the times where you might feel that it's you know kind of not got the most resources thrown at it in the world, but it's uh, very sound. Yep, and, and Extermination Force seem felt like it was trying to go for a little bit different presentationally. I mean, yeah, more, more colorful, more of that kind of Saturday morning kind of wonderful one on one kind of yeah. look. Uh, yeah, or and, and, what if and, a Genesis and, game was uh, like 3D polygonal, I poly- suppose. Yeah, but it's still yeah 2D gameplay, but yeah, you have two polygonal graphics, yeah. Like, so the, like the bosses seem to behave, like the animation seem to behave very much like a Genesis treasure game. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's, it's a boss rush game, you know, in the, obviously, Alien Soldier uh, is uh, Treasure's kind of boss rush game <laughs> on mm-hmm. uh, it, which did, that did have little interstitial bits rather than being completely separate, but basically it was all bosses. Yeah, it, it but it also it feels like it's a game that's a little bit more willing to ignore, or or Gunman Clive, and then this by extension felt like it was very, they were very openly you know this is this is the game of one person, whereas Extermination Force. It felt like they were trying to project something a little bit, bigger. yeah, a bit more, bit bigger scope and and, yeah. and all that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, it de- I definitely felt a bit more like elaborate than a Gunman Clive. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Greg, you've yep. got you've got the you've got the other game of the day, I suppose. Yeah. Well, the game of yesteryear, more like yeah. So it's uh, the 3D All Stars came out at midnight here a few hours ago. And um, you know, I did wait just to, just to see, you know, kind of what the technical kind of uh, stuff that would come out of the reviews, just in case there was anything that was like a real red flag. But basically, kind of as we talked about when this was announced, I've been kind of, especially with the the fact that we essentially knew this was going to happen. I've been looking forward to playing Galaxy portably for quite a while. So now I've, and again, as I've said. Yeah, perfectly happy to live in the past. 2007 seems quite appealing at the moment, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll chill out in 2007, early 2008 for the foreseeable future, quite frankly. That would be quite nice. Uh, and having not played the original Galaxy a great deal since uh, early 2008 kind of time, I, I, it, it just the idea of being able to do it portably and you know what, what seemed to be you know, from, uh, for instance, uh, you know, the NWR review, some of the other stuff. I mean, there's a Digital Foundry uh, video out there for people if you really want to get into the kind of specifics of, of um, you know, the differences with each of the games and stuff from their originals. But for me, it was mostly just getting to play Galaxy now, which is, you know, you have to, you have to be honest with yourself. And it's like, this is why they're doing this now as like this is, the you know, limited time release of the three of them, like <laughs> ideally, I'd just be paying for Galaxy now. And if the urge to replay, you know, especially Sunshine, as I did replay that uh, not that long ago, the burning sensation were to strike me in the future, I'd just buy that on its own in the future. Uh, you know, <laughs> but whereas, yeah, this way, you know, they get to charge you for three games. Uh, even if you're not that desperate for all of them uh, at that right. particular time, but yeah, I'm, I, I just I really do <laughs> fancy a bit of Portable Galaxy at the moment. But I sampled all three uh, just uh, before we started recording. Biggest thing that hits you with Mario 64 is the fact that they've kind of cleaned up the 2D objects. 
in the game. Mm. So it's not just HUD elements, but there's a lot of stuff in Mario 64 where pre-rendered sprites had to kind of stand in for objects in the game um, that weren't rendered, you know, in uh, real time with polygons. So a lot of trees, for instance, even some enemies like um, bombs are like, you know, all those like uh, cannonballs that are rolling Oh, that's down. right. You know, I forgot there, about those. There's a lot of that that's 2D. Obviously something that happened a fair bit early on with N64 games, of course, memorably Mario Kart 64, the characters are pre-rendered by sprites on a, um, you know, polygonal uh, racetrack. Uh, but so what we've got here is whatever technique it is, is that now obviously the whole game's been uprated to 720p and so everything kind of looks sharper, but that, you know, if those old sprites were kind of just there oh. un unchanged in that scenario, they would not, I mean, they always looked kind of bad, even, you know, especially if you had I, I, uh, my N64 being an import unit um, and all that was modded for RGB output back then. So I actually had a quite a clear picture for my N64, even though, of course, it was low res and it could only be so clear. <laughs> but, you know, definitely having seen other people's N64s run through composite, like it covered up a lot of things that uh, were more obvious to my eyes on, on my import N64. And those objects never looked particularly good, but they would have looked egregiously bad if they hadn't done anything to them. So it's like, it, it, it's nice that they have. And uh, I think, it, you know, it obviously is not a particularly kind of aggressive uh, touching up process that's gone into these. It's It's pretty minimalist, just kind of... Uh, you know, more than just a virtual console release, yes, but not a great deal more. Um, so it, it's, it, it looks it, it pretty much like you remember it, but they've d done some extra stuff to just make it less kind of problematic at that level of sharpness. Sunshine is more obvious, like the aspect ratio is widened 60 to 9 so you're getting that nice kind of wider view of the level straight away but also it gives more room to tuck all the ui stuff into the corners because because mm. it's like especially where it's like oh well, you've got your overall shines count you've got your health meter you've got your blue coins count you got you know you got your like what flood nozzle you're using you, you know it, it's there's quite a lot of stuff there. And of course, uh, back in the, you know, the 480p days or whatever, you know, the, I guess it wasn't the easiest to kind of have all that on the screen in a way that uh, didn't crowd things out in a 4-3 aspect ratio. So the, everything it sort of by virtue of them redrawing the UI stuff and spreading it out more, everything just seems more open and more clean, which is nice. And, it's, uh, you know, the kind of the sharpness, I think, kind of helps, even if I'm not sure they've particularly done anything to kind of overhaul any of the textures or anything, but uh, they certainly don't look deficient at this higher level of resolution. Um, everything looks pretty sharp and colourful, and, um, you know, it, 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 it's you know, pretty pretty nice looking for sunshine i think uh, we could appreciate it a bit more perhaps you know some of the kind of environments um 
than you could playing on GameCube because everything is more visible at once. However, like I said, I don't, I'm not going to be playing very deeply into Sunshine <laughs> in the near future. Maybe one day, probably not anytime terribly soon. How, how do they adjust for the, the, digi- the digital shoulder buttons? Well, basically, I think it wasn't that analog in the first place. No. So it, really, really there, the were, hover. there were two kind of modes when you were uh, sort of uh, squirting with Flood. It was that you could either kind of have the mode where you're like running about and where you were like feathering it a bit, or if you held it down and clicked... You became rooted to the spot and then you would spray like that. So in this case, they just delegated those two to separate buttons. So you've got R and ZR. And yeah, one gotcha. of those is just the kind of the, the spray where you're mobile. One of them is where you stop and spray. So that doesn't seem like it'd be a particularly big problem, but again, I haven't played enough to really kind of go into it. And uh, it would have been nice if there was like gyro aiming with this or something, but I, I can't see any evidence of that. Uh, you know, but, uh, with Galaxy, of course, you had the fact that there was motion control originally, uh, which right. is now optional. So the shake motion to do the spin, uh, or the kind of attack or, you know, various other things that that does. Um, that now has been also, you, know, you can be playing with Joy-Con or, you know, even I think the system itself, presumably you could still shake it, but it can be mapped. It's been mapped to Y now. And that's good, uh, in my opinion. I mean, it was not one of these things where the gesture control was wholly inadequate or anything, you know, because it, it was, wasn't that sensitive. Exactly. It was just essentially a button replacement. So it wasn't really, I like, for, I always think of gesture control, my go to for bad gesture control, just ill conceived gesture control was like, uh, dodging in the Okami port. With the nunchuck, I mean, just a terrible idea. Oh, it's uh, awful! Because oh, you know, awful. it's it's about like, well, are you dodging backwards? Are you dodging sideways? And especially the nunchuck, like that level of nuance was not in its capacity to do well. Uh, so you know, it wasn't that kind of bad. It was just like, look, you shake it at all, it does the thing, it, you spin. But at the same time, it was also entirely superfluous. It could have been on a button, and it is on a button now, and it fun- seems to function perfectly well. Of course, what you do have that's more involved is the pointer stuff from the uh, original Galaxy, which now, if you're playing portable, which, of course, as I've said, I am, that's the whole appeal of this thing, is playing Galaxy portably for me, you're doing it with the touchscreen, which... In a lot of cases uh, that I've seen so far in terms of like some of those kind of sling stars, you know, where you're kind of pulling Mario between points to kind of, um, you know, go through a little obstacle thing or, you know, get a star. It, it seems uh, perfectly workable. It's not as elegant, of course, because, um, you know, with the, for instance, especially collected star bits, you could just sort of absentmindedly do that with the pointer while doing everything else at the same time. You know, you didn't, because, you know, you didn't have right. to take your hand just away wiggle. and touch the screen. You could be, mm-hmm. you know, do everything with your, your left hand on the nunchuck, your right hand with the, you know, the, the buttons on the Wii remote. It didn't sort of impinge on that. Whereas here, if you're going to take your right hand away, 
to trace your finger over the star bits, for instance, it is cutting into what else you're doing. So it's not ideal replacement for that. But obviously, mm. the collection of star bits is mostly kind of not that big of a deal. There are certain elements in the original galaxy and, and the second one, I, I think, where you know you'll get to a, a Luma that wants to be fed or <laughs> the hungry Luma, <laughs> and you yeah you pump the star bits into them until they go. Oh. Yeah, then they become a planet or whatever. So it's, it's a little too close to the DK sixty four doors. <laughs> it's true. It's not one of my the favorite elements of either Galaxy game, and I think it might be a little more prevalent in the original. But again, that's one of the things that I'm going to try and sort of find out in this replay. Uh, but yeah, it uh, seems like they've made it work is the the main thing, even though it's a little awkward. Um, especially like where the menus are kind of touch based and they're only touch based. Like there is no option. There's no option to just like have a cursor come up. You have to touch, if you're playing it portably, you have to touch the screen to just like, you know, click like which, um, galaxy you want to go to in one of the, in the comet observatory, for instance. So, uh, yeah, clear, the, 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 that's where like the emulated nature of these, the, of this collection of these games is kind of rearing its head a little bit. Cause I, I don't think that would be the case if, if it were not, uh, you know, emulated in that way. But it's, you know, it's, mm. it, it, I, I think, um, visually galaxy was always very strong in the uh, the visual design department. I mean, again, I was playing it you know, through component cables and stuff, so it probably looked better, you know, uh, for me than, you know, for some the way some people might have played Galaxy, but it's still the sharpness of it now on the on the switch screen it's it's something it really comes across it's almost a little uncanny about it like it is this game you remember but it just comes across in this new way i think um it's really good it, it's such a it, there's one thing i think again go back to like galaxy 2 and now they try to make it more new super mario brothers ish to kind of make it more commercial uh in certain aspects galaxy the original plays up the space stuff way more like the the two is more like oh well it's it's more blue skies it's more mario you know kind of even though it still had like all the you know galaxy kind of trappings really they they didn't lean into the space theme so much and i think um i actually like the more aggressive space theming of the original it's just, um, and I think it, it, the actually, especially when you kind of have those little interstitial bits where you just glide in from planet to planet and you see all the stuff in the distance, like that comes across really nicely at higher resolution now. So yeah, I, uh, hopefully it's one of my absolute favorite games of that generation. Absolutely adored it back in 07, 08. So it's going to be really interesting to see how well it turns out, but, uh, for hardly, overwhelming the uh the kind of extra kind of work that's gone into this but it seems like it's made the transition pretty well and uh hopefully it's going to be uh, a, a real joy to revisit this particular window in time cool i'll be curious to hear if it ever comes out how much they looked at the uh 
the NVIDIA Shield version of Galaxy that was available in China. Which, of course, the Switch and the Shield have some technological shared yeah, components. a lot of overlap there. Yeah, it is in, but, interesting. And, there was, and it wasn't just that. Well, there was a number of Wii games, right, that uh, yeah. came across. I'd be curious how much, even from this. I don't. Th- I don't think it's the same port. I think it's a. It's a new port. I don't think they just tried to make the shield version work. But I'd be curious how much they looked at the control for that and were like, "That works. That doesn't." Yeah. Yeah. Any kind of uh, input issues or stuff like that. But a oh, random observation for some reason, which I must have made the exact same observation in two thousand seven because this was way more relevant back then. But when you kill the dinosaur Peter Piranha, Pete Piranha thing. It sounds almost exactly like Zant going insane into one of Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's probably this. They probably just took it from the same takes. Yeah, but uh, that was that was a little bit of a surprise for some reason, <sighs> even though I bet you I observed the exact same thing <laughs> all those years ago. Jeez. All right, John, why don't you take us home? Uh yeah, just out of curiosity, I played a little bit of uh stunt race effects. Well, I, and uh, it uh you know it's fantastic. It's, <laughs> that game, man. The, well, I was trying to think of that game holds up, up. retroactive. Oh, so my God. congratulations, I mean, you can send all your email to Guillaume. The the whole thing is uh, I was trying to, oh to, to kind of to describe the feel of playing that game and it's sort of like you know when you have, you know, a cartoon and the cartoon you see it in full speed, right? But then you look at somebody doing the same thing in one of those animation flip books, it feels like the video game version of that animation flip book. It oh my is, god. It is so chunky. The frame rate is it's unbelievable. Like those that is that is a game that did not age well. Star Fox, okay. Uh, cool. Cool. But man, stunt race effects, it's just it is something. Um It is it, something. It's very it's very difficult to control because you're constantly trying to look ahead and position and position your vehicle to where it's going to be after you adjust. And mm. just yeah, it's uh I I, I was like, wow, I, I lasted about maybe two races in it and I was like, okay. Um, I'm, I'm but the thing is, like, this. yeah, like of course you don't want to keep playing. But if you wanted, if you did keep playing, like you get used to it. That's the thing, right? Like you learn the yeah. the courses, you get used to the the feel, you get used to using both the D pad and the L and R buttons to really lean into some curve, uh, yeah, some curves. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, and I I kind of. Uh, I have a soft spot for that game, and I, I think I did talk about it when I played it when it came out in the the NES uh, SNES online thing. Yeah, and um, I, I still kind of enjoy it. Like, I there's a ton of cute little details. There's like, uh, you know, absolutely, you know, like they couldn't spare any polygon in this game, and yet there's like. Uh, a Loch Ness monster in the uh, in, on one track where you're near the water. There's mm-hmm. like a deer running across the 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 road in this one rocky canyon is, place. Is it running? Well, they they kind of flash on the screen and then they're gone. <laughs> but still, you can tell you can tell those yeah. triangles are deer. Um, yeah. So well, and I, I what I was impressed by was that each of each of the car models they have eyes, and the eyes actually turn 
like they're separate polygons and they they turn as you turn which i thought was <laughs> cool it was just a little small touch but yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of like you know nice like small touches there and i'm sure that when this game was made it was probably an engineering feat you know an engineering marvel um mm. No, I mean, yeah, like, I, I think that we were impressed, but uh, at the same time, it was no yeah, yeah, virtual racing, out, you know. Other hardware was I think what, where John's right is that, that it's a super Famicom shouldn't be doing any of this stuff. Right. This was 1994. But also right? just this was the, like the heyday the, of 2D. Yeah, the hardware so. itself wasn't set up. Well, obviously, you needed the extra hardware in the cartridge and Super FX chip, but also mm-hmm. just the work that Argonaut did. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's kind of coming up with ways for it to, you know, for, to to calculate the three D base stuff. You know, it was just stuff that no one else was doing at the time. That's why you know Nintendo ended up hiring and working with these British people that you know mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to way way out of their orbit because you know, no one else was doing it. Yeah, I um I think you know you can order your um games and your library on the switch uh snes online thing by uh how much you've played them and i'm mm-hmm. pretty sure stunt race fx is uh still my most played snes game <laughs> i mean i played through the entirety of super metroid that doesn't take any time at all but then uh, i guess i haven't touched anything else so i did play enough uh stunt race effects to be at the top i, I am amazed that your eyes are still intact <laughs> I I, uh, I don't know. I, I it's a f- I still yeah. think it's a fun I, game, but I, I mean it's 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 a fun game. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you do ha- just have to get used to it. I mean, you know, I suppose if you have any sort of dull, latent pain for any a, <laughs> any extended period of time, you eventually will get used to it and just accept that you're in pain all the time. Look, I, um, I, I tried to download <laughs> the Forza Horizon Three demo on my laptop. And mm-hmm. it ran at a worse frame rate than stunt race effects. So Perfect. you know, might as well play stunt race effects. Right. That's yeah. Logic. No. Yeah. That's obviously yeah. it. This. Whenever time I, I use this knife backwards, holding the blade, I just cut myself so bad. I'm I just saying, like when, when when that's all you got. Yeah. When that's there a choice between. Uh, I mm-hmm. suppose so. Other racing any, any games are available. Oh. You know. uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Stunt Race Effects, interesting game. Probably, interesting game. you know, I mean, ahead of. <laughs> are, you, are you writing Nintendo Power <laughs> reviews, John? <laughs> well, I think uh, they were. You know, a bit but that's more, the thing is, see, I I look at it like, look, this was 1994, and th- at that time on the Saturn was out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, that's the thing. It's for the Super Nintendo hardware, and this is some of the reason why sure. Star Fox Two ends up getting canned. So again, like again, mm-hmm. what what that's doing from a you know like programming wizardry like an- angle is really really impressive, but it wasn't mm-hmm. desperately impressive to the consumer necessarily at that stage unless they'd been really siloed off from the arcade other consoles, you know. So yeah. simultaneously PC, was very impressive right. and not that impressive, and that's why you know that kind of. A, a, a kind of branch of Nintendo's output, you know, putting out, uh, you know, these kind of pioneering polygonal games ended up getting shut down because for that reason, mm-hmm. they just kind of getting yeah. outdated at that stage. But I, I will say we should mention quickly that uh, we got some new 
uh, Super Nintendo games coming next week. We did. Got DKC. Scat's coming again, James. Well, Guys, that's the NES. Tweet, buddy. Yeah. That's the NES game. But but I know. Who, I know. Who was who was like you know we really need to put Scat out again. I, but that's I said the, the thing, same though. thing when it's I saw with, that. With, this applies to Stunt Race as well. I was going to say is that with these uh, subscription services, and it's not a case of making a specific purchase. You know, uh, whether you bounce off it like John or you find some value in it like Guillaume did, it's like there's some value in having it there as as this historical curiosity or all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're not paying for it specifically, it's, I think it's really great to have in the service. And yeah, that applies to, you know, some of these like more obscure games. Um, you know, we talked about Vice Project Doom on NES. I, I enjoyed that, even though it's like a, a game that is kind of not particularly celebrated or has loads of people with a lot of affection for it. I mean, Scat has been out on Virtual Console before. I think it's been reviewed. You know, it's, I think it's a decent game, despite its you know, yeah, sure. questionable despite, despite title. Its name. And, you know, again, it's not something presumably that there's like loads of people that have this great affection for it. But as part of this catalog approach, I think it's the you know, perfectly uh, nice thing to have. You know, the, the, you can again, you know, might not particularly get loads of use out of it, but it's it's good to have it there. I think it's it's harder to justify as a standalone virtual console purchase. You know, because, sure, uh, so, but they've already made that justification. No, I know, I know. <laughs> that's the thing. It's, it, as I was saying, is the fact that they already crossed that threshold. It, it it really should be on the something like NES online. Um, so you know, although like it's not as cool as stuff like Journey to Silius and some of the other things, which you know will right. come into this sort of service for the first time. Admittedly, yeah. But, it, 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 I think I think it's the fact that it's the only NES game we're getting. It's a game that's not particularly well regarded. It's it's fine. Mm-hmm. And it's a game that we've seen a couple times now. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, but it's t- like Natsume distributing it, isn't it? Or yeah, anyway, I'm sure they, it is. Yeah, they they I don't know. They the ja- the Jalico, the Jalico. Yeah, I mean Jalico, which is yeah, it's just yeah. just basically a life. But, yeah, I know what you mean because we've them. had Crystalis, we've had Journey Cilius, you know, things that that weren't just the the kind of virtual sure. console mainstays. And I, I think to be fair, Scat was a late VC game, if I remember correctly. It was kind Later, of towards yeah. the back end. So um, yeah, yeah, but, but and it's two players. Like there's like so many single player games on the NES online or SNES online. When you, when you consider like, that hypothetically, the online co-op that like should be like a selling point of that service, yeah. like it's it's kind of funny that um, they they don't sort of emphasize multiplayer experiences a little more. Hey, every yeah. game is multiplayer because you have a little clap that you can do on screen. <laughs> this is true. Uh-huh. But yeah, like this is simultaneous multiplayer, so that's that's something that you know I could they, see myself playing with Karen, for instance. They need they need to do better on the NES one, especially. I mean, we're getting three Super Nintendo ones. We're getting one NES. Yeah, game I mean, obviously, the Super Nintendo is coming a year later, so they're still kind of building up that you know initial. The NES had a whole year to kind of build up a bigger. And I think it started cut- with more games too. If you cut the the black box games, a lot of the NES ones drop off. That's but, true because they did they did that initial sort of slate of games had a lot of yeah the launch games in there 
the black box stuff so it's true but still i mean at this point they're built up to a decent level and with the super nintendo stuff i mean it's nice to see the continuation of like being willing to put import titles there uh with yeah. the yep. mario super picross or whatever you know i mean following up from the you know, panel upon because again with subscription service i feel like it's more like valid to say like hey like when it's pay for this untranslated game specifically that's <laughs> that, that is uh I yeah mean, that's I, a bigger ask they did that in some cases with like the hanaby festival stuff as they called it over here and all that but um i feel like it fits more neatly again into this kind of service so it's it's cool and dkc2 is um i i, I think it's an improvement over the original especially with regard to bosses um, right. I, I like uh, they're much more involved and stuff. So if if because I, I assume a lot, especially because it was getting quite late by the time DKC two came along, ninety five. Like probably a lot of people are just familiar with the first one. Like that was the only one on the Super Nintendo Mini and stuff like that. And hopefully, uh, you know, this uh, I'm sure a lot of people have already played DKC two. Uh, it's not an obscure game, but uh, uh, hopefully more people get the chance to try it. I'm sure it's an arc down between the first, second, and third in terms of sales, since by the third one it's probably pretty pretty uh rare. Uh not rare as in like expensive or rare as in the developer, ha. Huh? Just just less common. People have played it. Um The Peacekeepers is just kind of one of those Jellico belt scrollers of the era. I don't know. I, I, I've I'm vaguely familiar with it. Um I mostly know it from having a goofy ass box in north america i mean it's because i mean it is it's very very weird brawlers in those days had to have goofy boxes uh, yeah in, but this in, one's this one's let's goofy not forget by the final fight the box art in the u.s was how about if we adapt the poster for the chuck norris movie like wolf mcquade into final fight and replace chuck norris with uh with hagger i mean that's <laughs> So this this one is a bunch of four crudely drawn people punching their way through the box and escaping while screaming at you. It's it's very odd, um, but yeah. I, again, this is this is one of those ones of whoever controls the Jellico license at this point will just like yeah you can put it out there. I don't care. Twenty bucks sounds great. Um, again, this is one of those nobody was really really jonesing for this, but it's having it out there is good because at least it's new. Are, are new to us. I don't think this was ever on Virtual Console. Um, so, uh, yeah, the Mario Pick Cross is the one that's most interesting. That game never came out, right? I think I think um, it may have been like a, a Hanabi Festival game or something on on Wii. Um, but, I thought I thought I it was. Don't believe so. Yeah, I thought that was Mario Picross. I think Mario Super Picross was like. No, Mario uh, Picross uh, has been translated. It was not a Hanabi uh, thing. Right. Right. I see. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're right, Greg. It did come out in 20, 2006 on the on the Wii Virtual Console, but not in North America. Just in right. just in Palo. Oh, it was Japan. only in Palo. Like, oh, a, okay. So we we didn't get a lot of the Hanabi Festival. Well, games. there was so there was obviously the thing about the Hanabi Festival. We go back to those days. Is that some of those were games that orig- you know, originally America did get. But we didn't, right. so it was also an import game, like Super Mario RPG, you know, <laughs> obscure little games like that. But uh, the yeah, so they were kind of bigger here. 
but yeah but i guess it was it was a mix of things that both you know america and europe didn't originally get things that only europe didn't get and then occasionally yeah stuff that uh even you know america was not getting at the same time on virtual console so yes this is the first time this game's coming out in north america yeah because it came out it came out on the wii and wii u in europe and japan or pal in japan i guess that means australia probably got it too um, yeah, Reggie didn't release untranslated Wii Virtual Console games. He just wasn't interested. Yeah, well, Reggie's that's what I said. I well, we, we did get a few. You, uh, I, yeah, I, I some, but uh, I assume that is you know, part of the reticence, uh, is that is what we already talked about, whereas on this kind of service, you don't... That's not the same kind of barrier. Uh, we're in, and the other issue of Europe did nothing that Japan... Here's a bunch of Japanese-only RPGs. Do you want to release them? Yes. Let's release them. Yeah, I... I uh, this is probably the most interesting game, and it's freaking Picross, so... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you could uh, rush through it very quickly. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I, I could draw Mario out of numbers. It'll be great. Um... John, so did you did you finish up what you wanted to say? Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything more to say about uh, stunt race effects. Okay. Yeah, I mean, what can Is you really say you about it? It's a uh, it's a uh, it's an artifact of a bygone era. It, there, it's a race with stunts, and there are FX in it. There's an FX in it. FX chip. There you go. FX like like a horror movie kind of thing. You know, those kind of effects. Not really. It's not so much stunting. I would argue the entire game was a stunt, Guillaume. The mm. entire production of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, Argonaut, uh, just just to, to square up the circle on them after working on Star Fox and before they were cut loose, uh, proposed a Yoshi game to Nintendo that would become Croc, the inf- the uh, the legendary Croc for the PlayStation. So Argonaut, I want to say the Cuthbert's still doing stuff. But I don't know that he's, the name is still hanging around. No, it's his, he, he's his Q games, isn't it? His yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The Pixel Junk games. Uh, there's yeah. one of those on Switch. Who made Who made Xscape for the the whatever the, the Nintendo platform was? Yeah, that That was them. That was them. Okay. Yeah, and and like yeah. Star and the Fox, sequel Star Fox uh, Command the uh, was them. So. Oh, that's right. I was an <laughs> and to sort of Star Fox. 64 3D was them as well, wasn't it? On some level, yes. so yeah, they, they, they've, done, they've certainly done plenty. Of, and there's a, it's a new, is it isn't Eden Two coming out on Switch? Pixel Junk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's not that's Q, not Argonaut, obviously. Because Argonaut, I'm pretty sure is is gone at this point. Yeah, yeah. But they hung around for a while. They they uh 2004 Four was the last thing I see. Uh, no, 2017. Star Fox Two. There. Oh, the there. 2004 <laughs> is the last thing I see listed. Last thing I see listed well, for them as a developed title. This is like a, a Just Dance uh, situation where yeah, uh, they just they just keep coming. <laughs> um, yeah, Catwoman the game is one of the last credits I see for them. So that's sad. Um, that made me sad. So <laughs> I think it's time. That's that's our red flag to end the show. Um, Greg. What music do we have to close out? Well, this week we had the uh, confirmation that uh, production has ceased on the 3DS, so it's uh, it's it's been over for a while, obviously. 
but this is a kind of a milestone uh, that <laughs> arguably a gravestone that marks the, uh, the the end of nine and a half years since it came out um, not the most auspicious start it has to be said I guess I guess my uh, run as an ambassador has come to a close it's true we can no longer lobby on the 3ds's behalf <laughs> <laughs> I can't park wherever I want and and tell the traffic cop to f off. Yeah, so I've got immunity from prosecution because I have Kirby and the Amazing Mirror still loaded. <laughs> look, look at this gold <laughs> certificate that plays music. No, so all that you know is uh, has been brought to a close. But I thought we'd we'd go back to something uh, from its launch, uh, which certainly does feel like an awfully long time ago, mainly it because does. it was. Uh, but. Um, Pilot Wings Resort, not the beefiest of games, uh, but it was the one I had uh, when I got my 3DS at launch, and it has a really fun soundtrack that really is it's one of the things that kind of most connects it to Pilot Wings 64 because it's very different. You know, it's like the obviously like Paradigm who developed uh, Pilot Wings 64 was long gone. You know, completely different developers and stuff. But the soundtrack kind of helps sew it together and you know, across all those years between installments in the series and the sort of obvious, inevitably very Wii Sports kind of feel to the Pilot Wings Resort because it was set in on the that island and woohoo and all that. But, um, yeah, really, really fun soundtrack to this. And, uh, probably the, the song that most people would know, because I think it's in like the Woohoo Smash stage and stuff, is the Hang Glider mm. theme, which kind of riffs off like an equivalent theme in Pilot Wing 64. But we have actually used that before in the days <laughs> before closing. I think it was when we did the like one year report card on the 3DS. Oh my God. <laughs> we closed well. out on that. So obviously it would have been back in 2012. Uh, but um, so instead I'm going to go with the plane theme here, which uh, it, first of all, sounds weirdly similar to the millennial fair from Chrono Trigger. Uh, but also it just has this kind of, perfectly summing up this feel of like a modest start if that makes any sense it's a, i think it's the most emblematic of the fact that you know the, the 3ds did not come out roaring uh but that's okay you know it's it's a it's a fun little theme and uh, in the end the 3ds you know, did find its footing yep it, it uh it did a good job so I know we just did the music thing, but uh, I just want to mention that uh, after the music, you might hear more new business, uh, more oh, specifically right. the new business that I recorded last week, and uh, it's going to be appended to this episode. Um, so I talk about a couple of uh, uh, Annapurna Interactive uh, published games, and um, so you hear me, you hear a little bit of John as well, you don't hear Greg because... Uh, he was not recording, and we lost his uh, you audio don't hear. Too. And we lost. Uh, yeah, you don't hear James because we lost his audio. So uh, it might be a little bit like some weird moments where I'm replying to no one, but um, I tried to to clean that up as much as I could. Um, yeah, so uh, enjoy that. Um, uh, James, did you want like? Did we end up deciding we were doing like Mario sixty four for retroactive or no? Uh, I don't think we've announced it yet. Okay. So, 
I don't I don't know. I, I it was raised as something we could do. I I don't know what y'all's feelings on it are. Hmm? Seems like a Meh? good idea. And Meh? if we were going to announce it, I think this would be the time to announce it. Uh, uh, no? uh, I mean, I you're just coming you're coming right up against apathy here, Guillaume, and I don't know, any, know if anybody hmm. here is prepared for it. Uh, yeah, I'm we can announce it next week. Okay. But now people are, everyone is just going to start playing Sunshine and they're going to hate Mario and they're not going to want to participate in the Mario 64. No one is going to start with Sunshine except those weird deviants who think it's the best game. And we don't want them participating anyway. I think yep. there's a decent chance people do start with Sunshine because it's the least likely to have been played since 2002. Oh yeah. no! And then they're just gonna, it's not just been re. Go the, you know, be, the, the others have been re-released before. That has not. Yeah. Oh, gross! All right, I guess I guess we can do that. Uh, retroactive. I don't know when we're gonna do it, so we're, we're literally just planning this as we go. Um, so we are going to do a retroactive on Mario sixty four. I don't have a date for you yet, but with the release of Super Mario three D All Stars, hey, I bet a lot of you have it. Um, it, I, I said I don't I don't know when to expect this one. Probably in October, if I had to guess. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine it's going to roll to November, but I wouldn't right. expect it to be the first week of October. Let's put it that way. Um, so just just a heads it's up just, if you've got 3D All Stars. Yeah, don't don't start on Sunshine and Sunshine's get sick, bad, and then get sick of Mario and be like, well, I don't want to participate in any retroactive that has Mario yep, in it. I'm, I mean, I yeah, mean, and then saying, you know, I'm never playing a Mario game again. I mean, you know what I mean? That's where, that's where it goes. Uh, Sunshine honestly, has if, been known to have that effect on people. If you walk yep. away from Sunshine and just feel like, I don't want to play Mario games again, you came out okay. Honestly, you could walk away from Sunshine and go, I don't want to see humans anymore. I just mm-hmm. I just want to go live under a desk and cry. Because you're, I mean, look, you're gonna have to deal with having experienced chucksters. Don't, don't, I, don't play Sunshine. I thought don't. you were gonna say you're just gonna want to go live amongst the piantas. No, you're gonna want to burn see them a human all. again. Eliminate them. Uh, so here's my advice: um, find a way to delete Sunshine from your Super Mario 3D All Stars card, and you will have made it better. So, um, but we're gonna end the show now. It's time. It's time for us to leave. Um. So, bye, everybody. Bye. Later. Bye-bye.
Yeah, I'm pretty much I'm pretty light on new business for this week. Nothing really too much of the ordinary. Another all Guillaume new yeah, business. I mean, you're just you're the hotbed now. Um, so first of all, like I, I did mention the stretchers last week, so it, we finished it. It's a pretty short game. Uh, it's as it finished as dumb as it started. Um, it's a very, very dumb game, but, uh, it was pretty fun. I, I guess one thing that I kind of completely failed to mention when I talked about it last week is that, um, the, the, the whole, um, basically like the, the whole game takes place on this island that, um, it's not super big, but, uh, it is kind of like a free roaming place where, um, you can go to your next mission or you can just, uh, drive around and try to find uh, things like collectibles that are uh, hidden everywhere. Uh, it's not the size of, uh, you know, GTA San Andreas or anything like that, but it's it's more maybe like Simpsons hit and run sized. Maybe a little bit like smaller than that. It's uh, like a crazy taxi map, maybe. Maybe a little bit bigger than that. And you do... Like uh, as you go uh, through the the story missions, you upgrade your ambulance and you you get um, a um, nitro boost, and then you get like deployable wings that that you glide. And uh, there are ramps a little bit all over the place on this island, so uh, you get to to make some good use of those uh, wings. Uh, but yeah, and that's basically how you're gonna find um, collectible hats or or whatever it is um, in the game. But when we finished it, like we were hoping, like I hope we get some sort of radar that tells us where to look because uh, some of that stuff is pretty well hidden and or like it demands like way too much precision. Like you have to land on this roof with your your ambulance and it's not uh, it's not a helicopter, you know, like it's uh, you're getting like you're coming at those roofs way too fast to, to actually be able to break on them reliably. So. Uh, you're not just going to go around without kind of aimlessly on every route stop that there is in the game. So it, it, it would have been good to have some indication of where stuff is hidden, but the game doesn't do that. And I, the game is not so much fun that we were going to do that, you know, that we're going to try to find everything in it. So the stretchers, we were done with it. It was pretty fun. Um, Personally, uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, a bunch of Annapurna interactive games were on sale for the Switch. So uh, I picked up a f- couple of games from this publisher. Uh, the first one, Sayonara Wild Hearts, which uh, you know had this pretty striking trailer in one of the Nintendo Directs that we've had, or it, Partner Directs, or whatever they call them. It is a game by uh, Simogo who did, I believe, Year Walk, which, uh, you know, a very, very popular mobile game back when uh, that didn't necessarily mean that it had, uh, you know, match three gameplay or, or microtransactions or anything like that. It was just a really well done, uh, story-focused and puzzle-focused um, mobile game, which which got ported on the Wii U. And I, I, I did enjoy it on the Wii U. So, Sayonara Wild Hearts like came out, I think like five years after Year Walk. Like they they took a long time on this game, and um, I gotta say, like if I hadn't replayed it right before tonight, right before talking about it, my my tone and what I would have said would have been very very different uh, because I wasn't really feeling it. Like I, I I played through it last week, and I was like, I'm not sure about this game. This uh, 
The game is uh, in the trailer is described as a pop album of a game or something like that. And it is uh, very much like there are uh, elements of uh, rhythm gameplay. Like there are like sometimes button prompts that you have to, to press uh, in, you know, in time with the action or the music. Uh, but there's also a lot of, uh, so th- this game is very like the, the visually or, or in terms of settings, it's pretty varied because your, your, your character will be like riding on a deer or on a motorcycle or on a skateboard or flying through the air. And, uh, yeah, so, so like there's lots going on, but mostly what you're doing in those segments is, uh, avoiding obstacles, like moving left and right or sometimes up and down, uh, just like uh, avoiding obstacles. Uh, another aspect of the gameplay would be kind of the rhythm elements that I mentioned. And another aspect would be, uh, kind of res-like, I would say, or, or Panzer Dragoon-like. Uh, you, sometimes you've got this reticle that you can, um, paint over the uh, multiple targets and uh you know you try to paint uh, your your reticle over as many targets as you can and then like the the attack is kind of automatically unleashed against all those targets uh at once it's hard to describe but that that's what it is you know like basically like as soon as you put your reticle over the the enemy there's like a targeting thing that locks on and you're good and you're supposed to just move over to the next thing to to your reticle to to the next enemy and then you try to do that as uh, precisely and as quickly as you can to get the most points so that last bit the the res gameplay the res comparison is is probably where the 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 game took most of its inspiration uh it is trying to, to to you know to be a pop album of a game but also kind of like integrate the, the the music with the gameplay and also to be a spectacle, right? Um, if I had to, to describe this game's looks, I would say that, uh, well, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of like the story is that you're um, the, the, this playing as this woman who had her heart broken and there's like something, something in another dimension. Like, there, I don't know. Like she, she kind of has to, to battle these... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not even sure. Like these evil exes, I guess. Like it just reminded me of Scott Pilgrim. But like, what if Scott Pilgrim took place in Tron, basically? Um, <laughs> right, yeah. So, you know, like it's like this really weird story that doesn't really quite make sense. Uh, this really striking look. I, I mentioned Tron, but it's, you know, like uh, that describes the neon, but it doesn't like this game is not like wireframe. It's more uh, flat shaded. Um, it's, it, it looks very striking. And uh, yeah, like the, 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 the visually it's very energetic. Like the move, the, the camera moves around a lot. The, the, like sure like mostly what you're doing is like uh, on your motorcycle just moving left and right dodging attacks and trying to collect these hearts along the way but it's not just the uh, boringly like this static uh like third person view of you and your motorcycle like it, the, the the camera has like dramatic uh angles uh you, you, your character is not just like running into hearts and making them disappear like they they like Basically, when they collect a kind of a good bonus, they 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 just like jump off the motorcycle and like do like a spin in place and then fall back down on their motorcycle. Like it's it's super stylish. Um, 
And I wasn't really feeling it. Like I could tell, like this is really stylish, but I kind of feel like these controls are not really doing it for me. It feels very floaty. The, the, this kind of overload of, uh, sense, like the sensory overload is just, I don't know, not working for me. Like I need my gameplay to be a little bit more legible. Like I need to, the, for the camera to stay put a little bit more so that I can actually see the hearts coming up so that I can actually have a chance of, uh, you know, getting a good enough high score. Um, and yeah, like I, it, it was kind of grating at me. Like also like this is a, again, a pop album of a game. So the, the, the music is important and, uh, most of the stages are pretty short and, and most of the music in those stages is just, uh, you know, like, uh, it doesn't have vocals, but every five levels or so you get a full on pop song uh, and, uh, with vocals and those stages are much longer. They're the, you know, the length of a song, basically, uh, you know, three minutes or so. And, um, when you hit a wall, when you, you know, you get hit by, uh, something, uh, the, the, the game just starts you out at the last checkpoint, but the music also goes back to the last checkpoint and there's no it's not a smooth transition it's just like it's it's very quick which on in 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 terms of gameplay is good because you don't want to have to load forever for for to to get back to your last checkpoint so it's like it gets you back into the game immediately but the the music restarting with it can become jarring if you just uh keep failing over and over again which can happen because this is a, a very you know, quick reflex type of game. And sometimes like you, you can see, <laughs> you can see the obstacles, but you can't quite avoid them. Or you started out, you like, sometimes your, your, your muscle memory, uh, takes on like, uh, bad habits or something like you, you know that you're not supposed to go left at that moment, but you're, you're, you're just compelled. Like your, your thumb is compelled to send you straight into that wall every time until you, you, you manage to get out of it, to, to, to get out of that, uh, funk but uh yeah and like when you keep failing like that and the music keeps restarting i just thought like wow this is a really shitty experience like i'm supposed to i i assume get lost in these visuals like these trippy visuals and to to listen to 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 enjoy this music but i can't because uh, i keep failing and the, the the music ungracefully just like skips back to to the last uh checkpoint and it's not uh this is not enjoyable. This is not the the visual audio visual experience that I feel like I should be getting. So, would you say? I mean, would you enjoy it more if it was easier? Like, does it have any? Does it have selectable difficulty levels? Or? It, it it probably does, but I I didn't go yeah. back and and try to se- change the selection. So that's on me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I played on normal. I thought like that's going to be probably the optimal experience, and maybe the first time through it's not. But uh, then I was like, you know, I just wanted to show Karen the last level and uh, right before we recorded. And, and so I did. And I was actually, I, I was still failing a lot, uh, but I actually got into it a little bit more. Uh, I, I was like, you know what? Like, this is not as uh, jarring as I thought it was last week. I think maybe I'm just in a better mood for this kind of game. And... Uh, you know, like the, the, initially when I, I played it, I thought like, this music is not really my kind of music. I don't know. You know, it's not really my thing. 
But then, I don't know if you can relate, but sometimes uh, music that you don't really feel uh, the first time that you listen to it, uh, if you end up having to listen to it over and over again, ends up just uh, worming its way into your brain. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and you start enjoying it more. Uh, it's me with uh, with uh, Avicii and Vector. I mean, I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of his music, but there's some songs on from you know just from listening to it and kind of the way that those that's yeah and they the way that some of those songs complement the gameplay. I there's mm-hmm. some songs on there that I really not all of them, but there's some songs on there that I really really like, and I actually like those songs specifically because much like it reminds me sort of like when you know if you let's just say you have a really good time in your childhood and you you remember that and it's very notable for you and there happens to be a particular song playing in the background, you will forever associate that song when you think about that event. And so it was the right. same thing for me where I, you know, those songs, like I enjoyed playing the game along with that song. So I like that song more and it sticks in my head. And so I wound up liking those songs. So, right. Whereas otherwise yeah, I never so, would have even listened to them. Yeah, exactly. So I, uh, yeah, I think like that also happened to me and I ended up enjoying the game more because I just like, okay, now I, I've taken liking to this music. Yeah. So, so basically, uh, I'm glad I revisited the game before, uh, talking about it because I basically like this whole part where I say that actually I, I didn't mind the, the gameplay all that much, uh, and and I actually kind of like the songs. Like I, I would not have mentioned this. Um, it's I, I feel like maybe this is a game that's like it's very short, so you can blow through it pretty quickly. Like as soon as you you start playing it. But um, if you do, I kind of re- recommend giving yourself a few days, maybe a week before trying it again and trying to go for high scores. The game does, you know, every level you can get a bronze, silver, or gold rank. Before you try to get those gold ranks, I, I, I suggest that you start, uh, you, you, you give yourself some space first. Um, because otherwise, um, I, I, I've listened to some podcasts where they mentioned that like, oh, actually I started hating this game when I started trying to uh, go for high scores. So maybe... Uh, try to approach it a bit more casually and as much as like the the game is smart about uh, restarting you right away at the last checkpoint when you fail inside a level uh it's it's not great when you're trying to go for that gold rank and you're trying to just restart the level as soon as you make a mistake uh because the game will just uh load and then start the 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 you know, the cutscene at the beginning of the level, and then you have to press start and skip that, and then there's some loading, and, you know, like, it's an instant restart, like you would in some, like, in an F-Zero game, or anything like that, so, yeah, that that's, that's not great, so I, I just suggest, uh, yeah, maybe uh, take it a little bit more casually. Yeah, it's, it's never good when you get to, into that mode where you make a single mistake, oh, I gotta reset the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because that gets frustrating. That that burns me out on a rhythm game. Yeah. Uh, the other uh, Annapurna Interactive published game that I played is Florence. Uh, another mobile game that got ported to Switch. Um, so that came out like two years ago, I believe, on mobile. But it came out just earlier this year on the Switch. 
And uh, it's this little, it's a completely, a completely different kind of game uh, because it's not quite a game. It's, it's more of an interactive comic. So it tells basically like this very simple story of this, this like 20 something girl who like you go through like her, her routine and uh, like the start of a relationship. And uh, basically it's what if an indie game made heavy rain without the, uh, the, 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 the kind of the murder and the, or the bad acting or anything like that. Basically the game starts like she's sleeping and the clock is ringing and it's like, okay, so you're meant to touch the clock to hit the snooze button. And so then the next panel, like the, instead of seven, it's now 725 and, you know, hit the snooze button again. And then you could like she's uh, brushing her teeth, and you have to do the motion of brushing, uh, you know, wiggling your 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 analog stick left and right, and then you you complete that, and it's you know like there's like little bits of interactivity within each panel, but it's basically like telling this story without any dialogue of uh, this girl just uh, yeah like uh, her routine, uh, getting into a relationship. Uh, I don't want to. Sp- I guess I don't want to spoil what happens, but uh, um, it, it does a, a few interesting things. Like it's all like it's communicating its story without dialogue, as I said, but it tries to communicate it with gameplay. Um, like for instance, like when she's going on her first date with this guy, um, basically like he he's doing most of the talking and. Like his speech bubble doesn't have any words in it, but uh, he's got like basically like speech bubble signifying that he's the one talking and your speech bubble is really small and you, you like it just show up spur- shows up sporadically on the screen and you've got these uh, various, um, you know, jigsaw uh, pieces that seemingly would fill up this, this uh, speech bubble. And so you have to basically like drag them into the speech bubble to fill it up. And, and so then like, you know, Florence says a few words and, and then like that keeps like the scene keeps going on. And like the, the more that you do it, the more that her speech, the bigger the speech bubble becomes and the fewer jigsaw puzzles, uh, pieces you have to drag into the, the bubble to, uh, have her speak. So basically through gameplay, like they're showing that, uh, you know, like she, she was shy at the beginning, but got more and more confident and spoke more and more and it came more easily as, you know, they broke the ice. Um, so, you know, it's like that kind of little cute stuff. Uh, like the, 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 there's like, you know, there's bits of interactivity that don't seem to, you know, it's not gripping gameplay. It's not, uh, and doesn't even necessarily influence the story in any way. But like when, when the guy moves in with you or you're placing stuff in her Ikea furniture. And so you have to like remove, you know, like maybe like her, her books to, to, to put your, your records in there or things like that. And it's all, you can choose to remove stuff and then to put the stuff that you want, or, or you can choose not to touch it and just leave your stuff in the box. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it, it's just like, you know, I guess like you, 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 it has you figure out like what this relationship looks like or, uh, 
yeah, anyway, like it's so <laughs> this game is hard to describe. Um uh, as I said, it's not really a game, it's more of like uh an interactive comic. Again, it's very short. Uh and I think I would recommend it, maybe, but like I, even as I finished it, I thought, well, I don't really read many comics. I don't really buy comics. Uh why did I buy this? <laughs> um Basically, the answer is because it was on sale and because I heard a lot of good about it. But, uh, I, I, you know, like I played through it and I was like, you know, like this was well made. This was interesting. But at the same time, um, and I can recognize that it was well done. But I, at the same time, I, it doesn't have to be my kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know who to recommend this to. Like, yeah, I, I guess like- if you're in... That's kind of interest- my next question. Like, who do you think would really like this game? I think it's if you want to experience, like, if you if you're interested in what video game as an intera- video games as, a, as an interactive medium can do in terms of storytelling, you might be interested in this. You know, that, that's yeah. kind of the uh, you know I name dropped Heavy Rain, but it's more. Um, more in terms of, uh, terms of uh, what that game was trying to do with like uh, the routine at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. like the you have to move the six axis around to emulate uh, Ethan uh, shaving and stuff like that. Uh, so if you're interested in that kind of stuff, I, I think you could be interested in this. It's just it's just this cute little thing. I um, like if you need uh, if you're looking for like a wholesome game, you know, like maybe give this a shot. But yeah, like playing it, I was like, you know, like this is not much cheaper than um, something like a short hike, which uh, is another indie game that I really like that that told a cute little story that's wholesome, but also is like one of the better kind of 3D platformers that I played or, or adventures game that I played. And I can't help but compare sometimes like these shorter and smaller experiences with like the, the the games in that with that kind of scope that really impressed me. Anyway, like I'm I'm sounding really down on the game, but I I just and it's funny because like prior to replaying Siren uh, uh, Wild Hearts, uh, I was gonna be like uh, oh of the two I would recommend Florence. Uh, now I'm less sure about that. Yeah, check it out or don't. My God, play video games or don't. Just who cares? Oh my God, I've only I've only talked about video games for eight years on this podcast. I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess, like, uh, one final thing I might say about the game is that, uh, as I said, it's very, like, cute. It's, of course, it's, I don't want to spoil things, but of course, like, it's not always, like, uh, just uh, butterflies and, and stuff, but it's not a, um, like, in terms, like, there, there are other games like this on the Switch. Like, there's something, um there's a game I started that I got for free and then I, I didn't finish because I could, well, just the title, Bury Me, My Love, uh, which tells you this is going to be like harrowing. <laughs> it's, this is not one of those games. Like it's, uh, it's, it's more, as I said, like kind of, uh, wholesome and, 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 uh, optimistic, uh, maybe like, uh, so. If you want a, a, a small interactive story that's not going to bum you out, uh, yeah, maybe pick up Florence. So to me, Odama is all about using peripherals that should not 
be used for more than one game or, or technology that should not be used for more than just a one game that it comes packaged with. So basically, I thought, uh, what's the newest technology that we've seen Nintendo try to um, combine with a Switch? And that would be uh, like AR toys. And so Odama would come with its own little pinball table uh without really any features like it could have like bumpers on the side or stuff like that but really like there's no it's it's like void of any kind of like graphics or anything like it's just a green screen basically and this little pinball table is mounted with an ar camera and so it, it does have like working flippers it does have a ball in there but really what you're doing is that you're playing this pinball game on your switch your switch is picking up the camera's feed, uh, superimposing little uh, armies and, and things like that. And so you see all of that on your switch, but you're actually playing remotely that small pinball table. Yeah, I know, right? Like, and I, I liked um, John's idea of like a kaiju game, like basically like w without any kind of graphics, without any kind, like with the green screen thing, like it's basically you could switch the theme of the table at a moment's notice. Like, I mean, like, you could, like, have DLC packs, like, transform this game into anything you wanted. Uh, but, it, you know, it would have to remain Odama in my heart. Like, you'd have to have little guys just running around the field confused at what you're telling them. Otherwise, it's just, uh, it's just not Odama. Um, you can tell them what to do. <laughs> you, you can tell them what to do because... Uh, you can also, like, they're going to try to leverage uh, older technology as well. Like, And by older, I mean, like, the stuff that uh, had showed so much promise early on in the Switch's life. Um, we know that the AR, uh, the IR infrared camera on the left Joy-Con is good enough to be able, when you're opening and closing your pie hole, uh, if you, you know, if you put it in front of your teeth and for, you know, like th there's a whole game dedicated just for that. Like it's, uh, basically no, the Switch doesn't have a built-in microphone, but, um, maybe, uh, Odama would come with a, um, basically like a harmonica holder, you know, like one of those things, like it just holds the, the, the harmonica in front of your mouth. Uh, but it's designed to hold the Joy-Con in front of your mouth. And so it wouldn't be able to register the, the sound, but it would try to read your lips, basically, and and try to make sense of what you're saying. Of course, it doesn't work, just like the microphone in Odama didn't work. And so your your little guys in the field would just be confused, would not do what you want them to do. It would be extremely frustrating. And again, that is, yeah, exactly. It's the authentic Odama experience. Bravo. Thank you.